It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? That's, if it's just me, I could do it on the normal beat. I could do that. What's up? Welcome in to episode number 108 of Jobbing Out. Um, Aaron's not with us yet. Uh, I guess Las Vegas has gotten the best of him. Understandable. It happens to. It's happened to. I'd say it's it's happened to better men, but all men are better men. So that's what it is. Um, I hope his knees are okay. Ew, boy. I think he got one of those Mike Tyson tattoos, though, so I think he's got that going for him. Um, so Aaron will join us in a second, and I'll let him guess as well, Brandon, but do you want to guess on why this is episode 108? 108. Um, I got nothing. Okay. I'm not even going to bother to like guess somehow. Is it how long something was? Uh, sorta, yeah. Like, yeah, sorta. Um, the number of hours Bray Wyatt was the champion? No, but it's close. You're, yeah, I like where your head's at. You have a good thought. I, <laughs> because Bray Wyatt was champion for so short, I looked into what the shortest championship reigns were of all time. Now, his, of course, being the Universal Championship, not the WWE Championship. But the yeah. shortest title reign of all time, recognized by the WWE, is one, it's 108 seconds from Andre the Giant in uh, 1988 when he sold Ted DiBiase uh, the belt on main event after shortly I, after winning it. It's interesting that you say that because I, w- I was always confused whether that counted. Like I couldn't remember so if they he really won for real. Right, so they, don't, they, they don't count they, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Does not. Yeah, count. but did, but didn't they have that? Wasn't that the twin referee thing? Um, I don't remember that part. I don't was remember that the one that. where they had. Dirt, that, that was the first time you ever saw one of the Hebner uh, guys, and they switched referees, and he like the million dollar man paid. If if I remember, I mean, this is. I don't gone. think I, I don't think that's the one. This one, if I remember correctly, was just as simple as like Andre beat him fair. Beat yes. Hogan fair. Beat Hogan fair. Wait. I thought the million dollar man paid the twin referee. Oh, he did. Cheat. You're right. No, no, no. You're right. He paid. Oh God, which Hebner was it? Earl. He it, paid like, Earl Hebner. They had not introduced one of them yet. Right. He paid. So nobody knew what the fuck. Yeah. Was going. It was like one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. In he the history paid of Earl wrestling. and and Hogan. Didn't Hogan like lift his 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 shoulder up? And he either, he either lifted his shoulder or on the ropes or something like Andre beat him completely bullshit. Like it was not right. a fair. And win. then Andre turned and handed it over to DiBiase and sold it to DiBiase. Correct. Right? But but then they ended up finding out that DiBiase paid the twin referee. Now, if now, boy, if I when I was reading about this, I had forgotten that DiBiase actually like defended the belt. Like really? Like claimed himself as champion, defended the belt. But they on the WWE, TV or on like a house show or something. Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, maybe Aaron will remember some of this. We're gonna add him into the mix. This is this is what we're doing on this week's show, by the way. We're just looking back on uh, 1988 and professional wrestling. 
um, in honor of a short title reign. Aaron, we're trying to remember something. So do you know why this week is episode 108 of Jobbing Outs? 108. I don't know why this <laughs> is episode 108. Of course you don't. Episode 108, because in looking at some of the shortest uh, championship reigns of all time, after we had a very short one this week, I found that the shortest championship reign recognized by the WWE is 108 seconds for Andre the Giant in 1988. Oh, they, they recognize that now. And, and, I said the same well, thing. So I, and Brandon and I were going through the circumstances. They recognize Andre the Giant. They don't recognize Ted DiBiase. And for a long time, they did not recognize Andre the Giant. That wasn't until very, very recently and that's, that they started and I, recognizing I, it. Yeah, and I said, I, I reminded Glenn that the reason that I thought that didn't make any sense was because that was the twin referee thing. So, where they so, had never introduced the other Hebner before. So what, what, was, that, was that the twin referee or was that the... I'm selling you the belt. I'm giving you the both. belt. It was no, right. It was both. He, he bribed Earl Hebner. Right. Yes. He bribed Earl Hebner. Hebner. I got. I, I did. Yeah. I have looked this up now. Yes. Uh, defeated Hulk Hogan when Earl Hebner, who was bribed by Ted DiBiase, scored the three count despite Hogan raising his shoulder at the one count. And then uh, I, what I was talking to Brandon about is that I had forgotten that Ted DiBiase actually defended the belt. Um, uh, Andre the Giant handed the belt to Ted DiBiase. Yes. Uh, he was announced in the following days and even defended the title once against Bam Bam Bigelow at a live... So it is at a house show, Brandon. It was at a house show that he yeah. defended the belt against Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, but the belt was officially vacated and won by Randy Savage defeating Ted DiBiase in the tournament final at WrestleMania Four. Which is one of my favorite WrestleManias, but a lot of people don't like don't like that one. I have to remember one what of else. my favorite like early. I don't remember what else was on that WrestleMania. I don't remember. What well, else. I mean, it was it was largely the tournament, and that's why right. the tournament yeah. was cool. But it was there wasn't a whole it lot was of basically you know, right the tournament that big high, hyped match. I just remember like of course I wasn't a fan then. I was a fan later, and I rented all of these at the video store. But it was like a double cassette, and I thought that was really cool. And um. And the Macho Man Teddy Biasi match is fantastic. I remember purchasing. Oh. I remember when 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 Schindler's List came out on VHS. You had to purchase it as a double cassette. I don't know yes. why I remember that, but it was like there were certain films that had to be double cassettes. All fun, right. fun fun fact: I worked at a video rental store for. Um, what are those? Uh, yeah, I worked right? at one. I worked at one of those from age fifteen because I was like kind of under the table official employee at 16 and i think i worked there until i was about 22 and um i can remember like the really popular double films were like jfk schindler's list um there wasn't very many of them Uh, wrestlemania 4 (laughs) yeah oh it's and and, and similarly i think wrestlemania 4 won just as many academy awards as those films (laughs) did very similar you you know what's hilarious you you look at wrestlemania 4 on wikipedia right now and everyone complains about it being too long as one of the main criticisms (laughs) it is really funny (laughs) to think about now i feel like if if you put wrestlemania out on a cassette today it would be three of them oh yeah oh for one of the current a modern wrestlemania it might yes. be yeah. Christ. It might be four. Lord. Yeah. It, right. it is the only WrestleMania to be have to be released over two VHS tapes. There you go. There you go. All right. So uh, a lot to do on the program this week. We are going to preview uh, all out here in a second. Uh, Brandon might have to run away at any point because he's uh, got a situation going on at the moment uh, as a father. 
And uh, Aaron was uh, late because he's still hung over from a long night in Vegas. So that's what's going Clearly. on in the show. Coming up later on in the program, author Keith Elliott Greenberg is going to join us to Too Sweet Us, bro. He's got a new book out. It's called Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. Um, I'm about halfway through it. Have you guys started reading it? Yeah, I started re- read the uh, first few chapters, and, and it's good so far. Yeah, it's like, here's the thing. I, I didn't, uh, I'll pull the curtain back. The boys couldn't make it for the interview, which we already recorded. Well, actually, as it turns out, Brandon could. He just told me very last minute that he could. Um, I already chatted yes. with them. The, yeah. the, well, it, the whole situation was a little effed when I messaged both of you about the interview, and then you were like, what, there's an interview? Uh, what well, is going you're the one on? who decided to email us and change up our yeah, mode all, of chance. All of you, of, uh, all of of, you of, responded. You so don't we get, were all confused. You responded to the email, you dick. But... Now, the you point know is, we rely on this text chain to scroll is, back and figure out what the hell's going you, on. You the don't. Time, so. right, the point. The moral of the story is, I recorded the interview. The only part of the book I didn't like, and I'm uh, up up front, I am over revisiting the territories. Yeah, we, we've done that to death. I didn't need more. And honest to God, as I was reading it, it almost made me give up on the book. I'm gonna be honest. I'm glad I stuck through because it was a very short part of the book. And everything, like, the, the effed up stuff that I never knew about, like, uh, literally indies that were being run by, like, 15-year-olds, um, <laughs> those, yeah. those are amazing stories. Those are incredible stories. I loved all of that. Uh, love where we're getting and looking forward to you guys here and uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg, who will join us a little bit later on in the show. Look, if we have to sit through Batman's parents dying in every single Batman movie, yeah. you can listen to a little uh, territory talk in every I, independent I, talk. I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't need. I I know it. I know the story of the the territories. I don't need more about the territories. The but only thing I'll say that's significant about that is like if you if you sort of see what's going on now, it's almost like a re like a 2020 version of like. Uh, destroying the the independent I, circuit. I, I to some extent I understand what you're saying, and again, some of the territory stories are incredible, like and very incomparable to what makes these indie stories so good, right? Like, is that we're talking about literally underhanded f up s that was going on? It's just that I've heard all the territory stories. There have been books. There have been they have been rehashed so many times. I don't need it anymore. But other than that, I'm telling you, it's a very small part. It's a very small part early on. And everything else, gold. Great book, uh, great stuff. We'll talk about it later. All right. Um, we'll get, we are also going to preview or we're going to recap pay- Payback Lash and everything in WWE. But let's push that for now. Let's start by picking um, All Out only because if Brandon has a bomb go off, then he's going to have to depart and, and roll away. So let's do this the way that we have done some other events. Let's do a what they should do and what they will do as we make our picks for All Out. All right? Saturday night sounds good. Saturday night from Daly's Place in Jacksonville on pay per view, or uh, for most of you on some pirated site on the internet. All out from AEW, the second all out after last year in Chicago. As of this moment, nine matches on the card, none of which are for the TNT Championship. Because why not, right? Like, why wouldn't you make it the focal part of the show for months and then just not have a championship? Because Cody's not the champion anymore. I I know. I know that's the reason why. (laughs) (sighs) Here we go. Uh, We begin... uh, All right. So, I'm not... Boy, I don't want to complain about everything. I don't like being that guy. 
But the bit where they had a four-on-four match on Dynamite this week, and the prize for winning the match was you get to wrestle another match against your teammates on Sunday, and that match has no prize whatsoever. Yeah, I I was really confused by that. I, I was waiting for them to say, and the winner's the number one contender for the title. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they they tried to cover it with, like, well, they won't be on the show otherwise. They're losing out on a huge payday, which I thought was at least okay that they presented that. But, yes, this absolutely should be I the number one contender match. Did they actually say payday, though? Like, Yes, yes. JR said. I heard, a lot, I heard him say a lot of things. It's a five-figure payday. They're, you know, they're, they would right. lose out on a five-figure payday, all right, all which right. is if he ridiculous. Because I, yes. I heard other – like, I heard him talk about the prestige – of being on the card. I heard other things. I it's didn't all, hear. It's all just a pile of bullshit. Oh, of course it's all a pile <laughs> of bullshit. I, I mean, wrestling is a pile of bullshit. And, and so that's what the bullshit. But that's what no, makes but it I so mean, frustrating. This is, like, this is like, he probably went rogue and said that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Oh, right. It's, like, it's maybe. very, very possible he went rogue. But again, he said it, so they presented at, it. At, at least there's a flimsy argument for it, but it's still flimsy as fuck. And the, like, the real issue, and this goes back to everything I always talk about, this is like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Battle Royal. You can do it. Just have it be for a fucking purpose. That's all. Like, just literally create a purpose if for it. If this was a number one contender match, boom. Yeah. You literally had two. You're creating two matches for nothing. Like, you have two matches that exist for no reason whatsoever. I I got nothing. All you got to do is say the winner of this match becomes the number one contender, and then all of this makes sense. It makes sense that these people will want to partner together on Wednesday night. It makes sense they will want to hate each other by Sunday night. All of it makes sense if you just make it for a number one contendership, and you can just make it for the number one contendership for a match on fucking Dynamite in two weeks. Or just a future title shot. You don't have to make it that they're the next guys in line. A future title shot. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. I'm just saying if for whatever, you know, they want the Young Bucks to win here, but they don't want the Young Bucks to get another title shot for a little bit, then you say a future title shot or vice versa. Um, That being said, this is what we're doing. Just a match for the sake of having a match. Jurassic Express against the Young Bucks on Saturday night. With nothing at stake, and I, I guess I go first... Look, what they should do, I think they should have uh, Jurassic Express win because I think Jurassic Express could use a big win more than the Young Bucks can, right? Like, the Young Bucks are still the Young Bucks come Sunday morning with or without winning this match. What they will do, I I mean, the fact that there is nothing at stake is the best argument for why, like, you would think that it would be Jurassic Express, but... I guess the significance of the story that they've been trying to tell with the elite probably weighs out and why they'll end up having the Young Bucks win the match. I mean, the reason they're having this match is they wanted to get the Young Bucks on a card, and especially they wanted the Young Bucks in. They kind of wanted this meaningless match because that's kind of the story they're telling, that they're being pushed farther away from the title, and then you know they'll be brought back into it in a very hard way. But right now they need to get frustrated. You know they're planting the seeds of turning heel. They should have done it in a much better way. But in my mind, this match is kind of to solidify a heel turn for the Bucks, which to me leads to Jurassic. What what should happen is Jurassic Express. You know the Jungle Boy should win with a roll up or something. Catch them. You know a little bit of not a fluky win, but kind of a surprise win, and then the young bucks attack them after, and and kind of solidify yeah. the frustration, really build that up well. Um, that's what they should do. Can, can you lay out to me how this makes any sense, though? Hang on, hang on. Because... Let, let Aaron say what he thinks they will do first, and then oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, what what I think they will do is that. Now, you're right that it doesn't make any sense other than, again, I think they want – first of all, everyone's acting like a heel. Let, let's be very but clear. That, about and that's that's, that's, I that's where I was going with right. the comment. Like, can you have them all turn heel? Like, that's, sure, that's why sure. I, you can have Adam Page be the one face with every a bunch of dicks around him. I, and, did, and I think that's an how absolute – what he did face? Yeah. Well, he's, you know, the, the – He's he's a sympathetic, confused face right now. Not I think you can, you, no. I, not, not, not that, that right you can, now. You can no, he's I'm saying you can right build now. Right, you can build that though. Yeah. You can build that, and I think that's I, I, I need think more that's to what get they're doing. There. Yes, no, yeah. they're not there yet. One hundred percent, they're not there yet. I'm I'm not you know saying any stretch there. They did you know kind of plant the seeds for that, but definitely they need to do a lot more. But I feel like more and more that's where they're going, is that kind of Adam Page is the one unscathed face coming out of this. Um, so I think that's where they're going. What they will do, like, I, I'm always afraid that they're going to default back to, well, it's the elite. We have to have yeah, the elite F- win. FOC, correct. I mean, like, that's, that's, yeah. all right, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Brandon. I mean, we saw how far they got with the Cody uh, heel turn, uh, considering they just turned him, like, as baby face as you can on the last two weeks of Dynamite with the stuff that Brody Lee's been saying. But, um, you know, I think the story they're telling is about the Bucks. I, I do think there's you could you could still tell the story with the, a loss here um, because if it's about them being frustrated and things, I mean, it doesn't play into their strategy of keeping people strong for, you know, title pictures and things like that if they lose a bunch of matches. So I, I'm going to say that they win, but I, I, I think they should win and will win. But I could also see them telling that story the other way, too. So here's my only issue with your theory, Aaron, is that, like, I, I, I am kind of with Brandon on this. I don't, I don't know wh- why, why. Why do you feel the need to turn Kenny and the Bucks heel? Why? Because FTR is not going to turn face. Right, but I, I think that if you're breaking up... Adam Page is not a good heel right now. But how he's, can he's, all he's, of those people be heel but him? I mean, you make it... Well, FTR's heels, you have these guys... I mean, obviously, you saw it. The, the Young Bucks getting all frustrated and, and kind of showing some heelish tendencies. But Kenny it was Omega's, justified. It wasn't, that wasn't a heel thing. That was like, they got fucked. Yeah, this is the real... Well, but, no, well, but, but they, were, they, they did get fucked, but then they took, took it out a little bit on Jurassic Express this week. Like, they, they had that moment where they were just like, screw you, I, I, I don't even want to be in this situation. Like, they, they definitely... Show uh, sowed some seeds for. Yeah, you a, could a, argue that they just did that because they're going to have sure. a match well, on yeah, and Sunday, again, and then you'll and never again, see it again. You're not sure, but then if they do it more, then they, you know, go down the road. They haven't told this I'm story. I'm just trying completely to figure yet. out how this makes any sense to have two heels essentially manipulating a guy that you think is going to come out of this as the number one baby face of this situation, and everybody else or his friends turning their back on him. Who? Like what? And the truth is that he's been a dick throughout the process. Like you can say this, right? He's been this, awful. <laughs> like this most recent thing, you can argue is whatever you want to argue it is. But this entire story, there is no question that Adam Page, while entertaining, and that's that's the the convoluted part of it is right, that like exactly. he's been he's, he's, he's been, the most popular part, which is why I think that's where this is going. But you're saying he's the most popular part, like Kenny Omega isn't Kenny Omega. You know what I Kenny mean? Kenny Omega's like, Kenny Omega. And the, the Young Bucks aren't right going to throw now, super Adam kicks. Page is hotter than Kenny Omega. Here's the problem. If this goes the way that you're saying, 
it means that Kenny Omega is going to turn into the killer Kenny Omega, which is going to make him the number one face in the whole company. Well, because that's, that's what that's people all, want him to but be. But that's always that's a problem with there. That's a problem with Jericho. That's something that you just kind of almost have to ignore. Like not Jericho, that's not, but but then you wouldn't tell the story if that's you know. If I also don't really. I really, honestly, guy, don't know that that any of these guys can seriously be heels. Like I think they can all no. be Jericho. Right, which is why, which is why, when we talk about faces and heels, we're talking about how they're presented in storyline. I guess I just don't even know that that makes sense. Like everybody's gonna want to watch the Young Bucks throw super kicks. That's what they're going to do. I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't, I just don't know how well that works. I don't know how well that works at all. But we'll move forward. There's eight other matches on the card. Um, yeah. uh, don't know exactly what this is, but Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Meltzer is saying this might take place in uh, a dentist's office. Well, I would assume she said, I'm coming yeah. to your workplace. Like, yeah, I, exactly. So, I, so th- this is going to be. A- it's on the pre show, which is kind which of is weird, weird for. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's like, why I don't. I know. No, that's when I said I don't know what to make of this. Like, yeah, you can say it's happening at a dentist office, but like, it it's not a cinematic match because if it was, you would think that. It, I don't know what this is. I really have no clue. But Aaron, you get to go first. Brit, I I like Big Swole, but Britt Baker is the most entertaining thing in the women's division right now. She's making her return. She should win this, and I think she will win this. Yeah, Britt Baker should and will win. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Um, whatever it ends up being, I, I guess that they leave it. I think that they like what's going on here enough. They try to leave it interesting that you can keep going with it, right? Like, unless that you feel so little about the top of your women's card that you have to get Brett Baker right back into it. Um, well, they I, clearly think that. They mu- someone I, no, I hear, I hear you about that. I just, I would argue that you've done this for so long that this shouldn't be blown off. With some bizarre thing in a in a dentist's office, like this, no, this she'll should, get a real win. This should point. have a blow off in a match at some. My point. feeling is she can't fully compete yet, and that's why they're doing this gimmicky uh, thing. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, a broken rules match where if Matt Hardy loses, he has to leave AEW. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. This is me. Seriously. Okay. So <laughs> this, this reeks of two things. And, and unfortunately it means that each person has a 50% chance of winning. It either reeks of, well, Matt Hardy lost, but now he's someone else. So he's still here. Or, um, Sammy, uh, Guevara losing because of hashtag friends of Cody hashtag former WWE guys always have to go over. Um, I, I don't know which one this is, so I'm going to pick Sammy Guevara. I, to, I'm going to say he should he should win because what are we doing? You know, if this is a future star of the company, you can't have him losing to Matt Hardy. And uh, what they will do, like I just said, I think it's 50-50. But I think Sammy Guevara should win. By the way, just so the broken rules are just the last man standing, uh, and it, the finish can it, it can the finish can happen anywhere. So it's essentially. A By last the way, match. Sammy Guevara also has four friends. Uh, I've heard that. I have heard that he's got some friends. It's essentially now, if just don't a, care if he wins this match or not. I mean, since it's AEW, we don't know. Don't but. always. Don't always care. Um, it's essentially just a last man standing match. Why wouldn't they just say that? Yeah. That's bizarre. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, it's mine. Uh, I'm with you. Obviously, Sammy should win. I do think that your argument about how you do this with Matt Hardy is the most logical one. So, yes, I do think Sammy will win as well. 
um, because he can just be whatever adaptation of Matt Hardy he wants to be moving forward. So, yes, Sammy Guevara. I really, I mean, they absolutely shouldn't play that game with Matt Hardy. The, you know, one guy go, goes, the, another guy comes back. They absolutely should not do that. If, if he loses, it should be because he's gone. Um, I don't think that's the case. So as far as what will they do, uh, Matt Hardy will win. But if they're smart, they will do this in a really hyper competitive and start the planting the seeds for like a little bit, whether it's a face or heel, whatever, a, a Sammy Guevara respect angle here where he does everything and then starts to really build up some credibility. Wait, so I, I guess I'm confused. Say that one more time. Like, okay. Ba- I, think basically, that works, I think that works better if he wins. Yeah. He gives I don't, Matt Hardy the I'm, I'm I'm really confused as to how any of that is. I mean, if you go on a 25, 30 minute barn burner match and you have kind of Hardy raise his hand at the ear, you know, kind of nod after winning something, you know, you, you do the, the Undertaker Jeff Hardy. It's all well and good, but how does that justify? And I know the answer can be no, in professional wrestling, no, you don't I justify anything. It doesn't anything. justify, but I'm saying now that you've put this stipulation in place where Matt Hardy leaves, I don't think that's happening. So this is where I'm going with it. I, I don't know why you're as opposed to the idea of just doing that with Matt Hardy. Because I, I think that's stupid. I've always but thought it was story. stupid. I, I think it's, you know, when, whenever we're talking about, well, how do we get around the stipulation we just made? It's stupid. Okay, well, let me... The, I mean, the, he could also go to New Japan for two months. And that's what I said. Oh, and, and that's the thing. If he's gone, cool, great. Well, and I and I, I would argue that's probably the best scenario, but at the same time, like, this is, I, this is where I'm going to default to. This is pro wrestling. And if we're going to pretend like this is this is the nature of the Matt Hardy character at this point that we have to think about that. I, I mean, no, none I, of us I believe that Sonya Deville is gone from WWE, right? Right. No, sir, no, not at all. But you were you were fine with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's stupid. I do. I, I said it at the time. I think it's silly for her to pop up whenever she pops up. Do you, do you think Cody is never going to get a championship match? <laughs> well, I, I hope that they actually turn that into a storyline, and that's the reason for the. Yes, I do think that just finding. I, I here, well, I guess here's the other thing: if they fu- come up with a compelling storyline reason, sure. But him just showing up as another Matt Hardy is well, not a compelling storyline. I, I reason, wouldn't want him to do it. it. I wouldn't want that to I've happen always... on Wednesday. But I think down the road, whenever they do it, when he ends up being the other guy, I'm not going to be offended by it because. I mean, man. it's pro- as you said, it's pro wrestling, but I don't have to like it. <laughs> uh, next up on the card, let's do an eight-man tag match, because why would we have a TNT championship match? The Dark Order, uh, represented by Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson against, for fuck's sake, Matt Cardona, <laughs> The Natural Nightmares, and Scorpio Sky, because this is definitely better than just having Scorpio Sky face Brody Lee definitely better to do this than just oh, give Scorpio piss you Sky. off even worse than that in a few oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Because Scorpio Sky is not going to be the guy to get oh, the program with Oh, no question. Not. No question. It's going to be Matt fucking Cardona. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Yes. And uh, in fact, I'm going to pick that team to win this stupid match. So it's uh, what, what should they do? Not have the match. What should they do based on that? They should have the Dark Order win because, you know, they're the Dark Order with 100 people in an actual cult of some sort, (laughs) whereas the other team is a group of four random fucking people thrown together 
and there's no purpose to this whatsoever. But Allie's going to be part of that team, ah, so it thank gives them you. an advantage. Thank you. They do have Allie. They've got, but the but the Dark Order has Anna J. So, I mean, this is so inherently stupid, and I can't believe that you people don't see through this thing. Can't, I sound like Brandon. Um, but yes, what <laughs> they what they should do is have the Dark Order win. What they will do is have Super Friends win. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. And specifically, I, I'm they're going to have Matt Cardona get the pin. I'm worried they're going to have him pin Brody. Oh, of course they it are. won't surprise me one bit when they have Matt Cardona <laughs> pin Brody. Brody, of course they will. Jesus. Go ahead, Brandon. The Dark Order should win a thousand, a billion, a gajillion percent. Um, Friends of Cody will win. And... Um, I do think Matt Cardona is going to pin Brody Lee. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, it's really fear, infuriating. It is really <laughs> infuriating. Like I don't want it to be infuriating, but somehow it's still infuriating. All right, uh, as Brandon alluded to, women's championship match. Uh, Hikaru or Hikaru or just Sheeta, because they don't even fucking know what the name of their women's champion is. <laughs> No, it's. It, I, listen, my favorite bit of the past two weeks is that they just started calling her Sheeta because know no where. one knew how to pronounce yes. the first name. And, 100%. But then they tried why. again this week. They tried to go back to it this week. How is this hard? Ask someone how they want their name pronounced, and then that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, this is, it is really one of the most embarrassing things so embarrassing. on TV right now. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. So whoever it is, Sheeta, Hikaru, Hikaru, whatever you want to call her, Sheeta. Taking on uh, Thunder Rosa, who's, of course, the NWA women's or world women's champion is how they uh, they identify their belt. Um, this is Aaron. Go this ahead. Is me. Um, I mean, I enjoy what they're doing with Thunder Rosa. I, I think it's compelling, but it's, you know, the mess of the women's division that they've had for the better part of the entire existence of AEW so far. Uh, Shido will win because I, I don't think Thunder Rosa will stick around forever um but yeah they need to get things in order but i think it should be a good match so so you think that she should and will win oh yes should and will all right brandon sheeta will and should all right so i am actually a little bit like where is the nwa at this point who knows? No, it, look, with COVID, no one knows and, but that, where and it is a relevant is, as far as I production thought, goes. I and thought stuff. they were coming back at one point. Like, I thought there was a plan for that. Yeah, they had a show, right? They had a studio show. Like, Billy Corgan owns it. No, no, I know that. I'm talking about within COVID. Oh, COVID. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm, I am I know. NWA Power is the show. I didn't. I thought at one point that they were returning in the COVID era to do a show again. Um, however, when Wade Barrett showed up on NXT, it made me think that like, well, that's got to be over. I, I don't think WWE would just do that on loan. Um, so, so apparently they're going to start doing like weekly papers. So going back to kind of the old, uh, TNA style, uh, mid September. That's a terrible idea. Jesus. That's a terrible idea. All right. If that's the case, then yes, uh, uh, will and should. I did think there was some room in there that, like, if NWA is not going to be back until, like, next year. You fold them in somewhat. Right. Like, I did think that. But if they're going to start taping again, then no. Uh, uh, should and will have Sheeta win. 
Next up, the uh, 21-man Casino Battle Royale winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, who we know so far, Darby Allin, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher and The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, uh, Billy and Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Proud and Powerful, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and... Whoever else might still. How many people is that? One, two, three, four. I think four, five, four six, more. Seven, eight, RTBD. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's 13, no 14, way 15, the 15, winner 15, is 15, in that 17. list. Yes, you're right. Um, all right, so here's what we're gonna do, uh, Brandon. You have first pick here. So, t- give me your your will and your should and will, and then also tell me who uh, you think we might be surprised by that will end up in the battle royal. Oh God, I mean, will and should. I don't even think are on this list. Um, <laughs> I just dis- I disagree with that. By the way, I d- I disagree with that. You do. I do. In fact, you know what? Do you want to swap it? You want me to go first on this one? You can go first on the next one. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. I absolutely think Darby Allen should win this match. One hundred percent. I think Darby Allen um has been really good for a long time. He just had a title shot. I understand that. And how do you get him back into that picture? Why would you want champion. to so quickly? What's that? You switch the champion. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could do it that way, but another way to do it would be to have him win a, a battle royal that gives you another championship shot. Um, Darby Allen's hot, man. Uh, Darby Allen's been great. This is one of the few things that I cannot complain about whatsoever during the course of this year is how they've used Darby Allen. I think he's been outstanding, and I think that this goes back to my what my complaint was about MJF. I think sometimes... You should recognize the work you're doing. And when you recognize the work that you're doing, you should say, hey, this guy's having a moment. We should try to run with it somehow. And Darby Allen, I think, is great. Yes, if you happen to go a different direction with your championship, there would be an obvious story that you could tell uh, at some point in the fall, especially if we don't know when they might have another significant pay-per-view. So I absolutely think that Darby Allen should win this match who will i'm gonna guess it's gonna be one of the monsters i i'm just gonna work under the assumption that one of lance archer brian cage or maybe even ricky starks ends up winning this match um i'll say yeah christ i'll say lance archer because they haven't done that yet i guess um so i'll make that my pick for the match but i think it should be Darby Allen, and as far as who I think could end up being thrown in, um, do I, I don't know how, how much do we know about the Ring of Honor tapings? Aaron, very little. We know very little. Uh, at least I I even know very little. If if anything's leaked out, if anything's happened, I don't know you know much about it. It's it's, it's not you know all over the internet or anything. I'll say Jeff Cobb shows back up as a surprise. All right, Brandon. Should I go? Oh, Brandon. Um, who should win? I mean, I guess you make a compelling argument for Darby. I just, I don't look at this list and say, I want to see any of these people in the main event picture right now. Um, maybe, maybe him. Sure. But no, no one else for sure. And, um, you know, Lance Archer is a compelling, you could make a compelling case for him, except that you've already, Made me feel like, uh, yep, you know, Monst- he was monster the- of the week, correct? Exactly. So, I'm not going to give you a should. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you that there's a very 
strong possibility that Cody is in this and wins it. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 if it was two months from now, I think that's a lot stronger of a possibility. I think it's still possible they just leave him out for a while, but um, because I'm telling you right now, if this was in November, I would put money on Cody being oh sure, one hundred percent. So um, we are to understand that he's involved with this TV show that Stephen Amell is doing. Yeah. 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 Now that obviously that doesn't prevent him from it. You it would also require like you have not done the work to explain why Cody should be allowed back into the championship picture. Like you would you would have to do that work really quickly. Right. Look, it would be it would be the hottest of hot shit. So like. I, I'm 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 basing off in order to defend the hottest of hot shit, you would still have to do work, right? Like it's everything about it's terrible. I I I I can't. I'm gonna say this. I can't believe that that would be the scenario that they would go. Now, that makes me stupid, and I understand that that <laughs> makes me stupid, but I can't believe they would do that. I, I, I'm with again, you, Glenn. I I I said it kind of just a. Get it out there so we could laugh and talk about it. I I, I have no idea. I, I fully expect this to be another Brian Cage situation where it's some guy that we don't even know is coming in that's going to be added to the match and win just to do the match. The other thing I would say, and it depends on how the main event goes, but I think a compelling thing to do would to have Wardlow win this. If if MJF is winning the belt, it might be a neat little get us to wherever we're going to have Wardlow win this. And then what do they do with MJF has the title Wardlow is the number one contender. I think it's a little too quick for that, but I, I would, I would like this again in November. I would love that. Well, it just depends. It depends on if this is a serious contender. Cause remember, yeah, this could be, this could be two weeks from now on dynamite. Exactly. And that's what this has been in the past. The Brian cage thing, you know, the not necessarily on dynamite, but it was definitely a, this isn't that big of a deal feud. It was like a one and done. Well, Brian Cage was on at least one of the specials. Sure. But what I'm saying is, so I would also, but I would argue though, I think there's something different. I I feel significantly differently about it. If it's Cobb, right? Like in part, because isn't, isn't Cobb kind of technically a free agent anyway? Yeah. As far as we know. So like, I would feel significantly different about it. Now, if, if it's Jeff Cobb, just showing up to work a match and then like, if if this what is, if it's Chris Hero? Man, Brought him up last time. Yeah, I mean, I feel far differently about Chris Hero than I do about some of these other guys. I, you know, I, and I said that then. Uh, Chris Hero is a legitimate superstar in the professional wrestling world who just doesn't happen to have an employer at the moment. Um, Chris Hero is worthy of being that guy. He has done everything to suggest that he should be in that picture. So. I do feel significantly different about Chris Hero. Still, I I don't. I'm not telling you I like it necessarily, but it, it's it's not the Brian Cage thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's far better if it's Chris Hero. I would say though, having them do, them having done that already once this year, I absolutely don't think they should go back to it with anyone, even people that are more qualified than Brian Cage. I, I agree with you there for that reason that I, I don't have the TBD. Uh, you know, obviously we got to throw these guys out there because they're looking for jobs and 
because someone's going to bring up the name, we have to at least mention well, yes, the Brock possibility. Lesnar's a free well, agent. not a possibility, but mention the fact that Brock Lesnar yes. is indeed a free agent. I would be. We're going to throw that out there. It's not going to happen. Right. But I, I would legitimately. By the way, for what it's worth, I would legitimately shit my pants like that. I yeah. would be so stunned by that that I I, I I wouldn't even have the words. I don't think there is a a a a you know a fingertip of a chance in hell of that playing out and and not even i'm not even just talking about first of all if they have a shot at brock lesnar he ain't showing up for this that's not the way that he's showing up um so so throw that out the window i'm saying i don't think there's a fingertips chance in hell that he shows up in AEW at all but i mean there's no way AEW can outbid wwe wwe would match whatever well and and so that and that's what it comes down to and if if he's in wrestling He's going to wrestle for WWE. Correct, correct. And you're, it's not just that, but also throw in the fact that there's the John Jones thing that everybody's talking about, too. Right. Um, so I just I just felt like I had to throw it out. I, I agree with you that Darby makes it, especially because, uh, you know, spoiler alert here, I'm picking MJF in the finals. If you do have Moxley retained, there's a part of me that would really like to see uh, Pentagon Jr. win this and kind of give a push to the Eddie Kingston stable there. I think that would be interesting. I think that would be good. I think it would be a kickstart to something, you know, a guy in Pentagon Jr. who who kind of got jerked around a little bit with the COVID situation, but who everyone kind of has been waiting yeah. for, whether in a tag team or singles wrestling, to get that jump start. I, I think that's forced, unfortunately, right now. I mean, not- here's, here's, here's what I say about that. I say that that would suggest that AEW is the company you want them to be. And the company who they are is the one that's going to put Cody in this match. Or I, I understand some, what you're saying. Or Rusev or someone from no, WWE. No, I, I, think, I think Pentagon is somebody that they seemed to want to push. Web. I mean, they've only done it in tag team form, but they seem to have some sort of big plans. And then he just couldn't get in the country for four or five months. I, I like well, that, that was a I, serious issue. And I do believe... have big plans for Scorpio sky. They seem to have sure. big plans. Right. For of course. A lot of people. And what I would say I mean, is I, you, you need, and this goes back to what I, and I, I'm going to make this comparison to the Drew McIntyre thing. Everybody can like somebody, but when you're in the company for a while and you're not doing that to suddenly then have them do something spectacular and just pretend like we haven't all seen what you've been doing with them creates an issue where nothing matters. Well, that's, well, here's the thing. In this case, I don't know that they've done that with Pentagon showing because he. it's not like they were having him. This isn't a situation where he's been losing big matches. He was just gone. So I think there's a little bit more wiggle room there. Again, if it's up to me, I have MJF win and I have Darby be the first challenger. I mean, End of story. I, like, that's the easiest thing to do. I mean, But, but if you're looking for Darby... For you haven't, Moxley, you haven't done Moxley any to win. Pentagon's a new. Let me challenger. go back. You haven't done anything with Pentagon as a singles wrestler. You haven't done anything. But you haven't done anything bad. So there's a little bit. There's like, a I understand that, but to suddenly bad. to go from somebody not existing as a singles competitor to suddenly being next championship contender. I think it's better than putting it on Lance Archer or Brian Cage right now but, because they're both damaged. We're, we're, I, I don't disagree with you. Well, eh, I do. Let, I, it, let, mm, let me let me throw this mm, out. There. I don't I don't disagree with that, but that's a very low bar that you're setting. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying well, is that if it if we are looking for a heel to win here, if this is you know Moxley retaining and looking for a challenger, most of everybody else has is at that low bar. So I'm looking to clear it. Let Let me throw this one out there. Let's say that MJF's winning the title. Let's just say that. That should be dark. Okay, but I'm going to poke some holes into this. Darby just fought John Moxley and lost. Correct. Correct. 
do you think that MJF is going to lose the title this soon? Or is I'm he going to okay. hold I'm it okay. for, like, no, the, I'm the okay better part with, of a year? With, I'm okay with Darby, Darby losing competitive title matches. That he's done. He's not yeah. done. No, I, dis- not I done. disagree with that. He's too much of a good personality. Um, yeah. He's too likable. This isn't, this Doesn't isn't he the turn monster. into Dolph Ziggler if, if he has... Title opportunity, title opportunity. As long as you, as long as that situation loses, loses, loses. What's the alternative, Brandon? Like what? What I would say is no. The the alternative is if you want him in the title picture, that you put him into it in six months. Whenever. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I don't think losing a few title matches, going back down, and continue building him, like having this be part of the story that he came close a couple times. So when he does eventually win it, hopefully in 2021 sometime, you have that as part of the story. What I'm saying is, I just don't think that Darby Allen is thought like this is found money. I don't think that they believe Darby Allen is a long term superstar in in AEW. I think that you're looking at someone who's connecting in the short term and trying to get the most out of that. And if it does involve you losing two championships, again, it's not like the first one was a program either. It's not like he had a a build and and multiple opportunities and didn't get over, right? Like you, he was in a match that we all knew he wasn't going to win. I don't know but what they would do. Did, did he win a number one contenders thing to get into that? I don't no, feel like he No, did. he was just no, well he w- he was teaming with Moxley for a match and then he had just risen up the rankings somehow no, and they were I think I think there was a wasn't there some kind of like multiple man match? No, I think it was just the tag match and then he pointed the title after he and uh Moxley beat Cage and Starks. Wasn't that it? I'm trying to pull it up. I don't I don't remember. I'm not going to uh, try to pretend like I do. Um yeah, that's essentially the way it worked. Yep, they beat Cajun Starks, and then the 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 literally the next week they had a championship match. Okay, I, I just yeah, I don't. I, I think, think I, actually I disagree with you. I do think that they view him as a long term plan, which is why I, I think it's different. this isn't a monster of the week thing where right. you put him up so high that you lose really hurts what I, a person. What, I, what I'm saying, Aaron, is I, I, I'm not saying they don't think anything of Darby Allen long-term. I don't know that they think that Darby Allen is cornerstone, franchise, we have to be thinking about this guy being in our championship picture on and off for the next decade. Okay, fair I, enough. I don't think that's what they think Darby Allen is. And so when, when Brandon says, you know, don't you run the risk of him becoming Dolph Ziggler, I think that for Darby Allen, becoming Dolph Ziggler would actually be a victory. Um, I think it would be more than a lot of people would expected for Darby Allen coming into the company. I think if you have that type of deal where you're popular and relevant enough for a long time and every now and then are involved in a big a big picture, I think that's a win for everybody. I think it's a win for Darby. I think it's a win for AEW that they took something that you know was was a likable guy, but I don't know that any of us were thinking, talking about Darby Allen as a as a future megastar. I think that he was kind of a niche performer that was likable. And so I don't know that they would look at that as a bad thing if that's what he ends up becoming. I think that for everybody that would be a win. And and, so, and it's not it's not like the Cajun Archer thing where you brought them in as the oh my god, they're you know, they're these monsters that can't be beaten and then they were beaten. That's damaging. This is different. This is part okay. of the rise. I hear you there. Do, do, are any of us gonna be uh slapping our foreheads next week whenever it's just Eddie Kingston because he had four guys helping him in the match, and that's what this whole story was about the whole time. <laughs> I mean, 
I, I think that sometimes we think that these matches are going to have a very consequential winner, and they don't always in no, AEW. I mean, they don't always. No, have of course a very not. But, and it's winner. part of the reason why I think it's so important that that you don't do that this time. I don't think you yeah. do two consecutive of these for for the winner to just be nothing. You know what I mean? I just don't. I'm not on. I'm not okay with that. And and to be clear, you brought up Rusev. I would also feel differently about Rusev, but I still don't like the idea of having two consecutive of these in a short amount of time. We're talking about a, a three-month span of time where you just have the winner be somebody that wasn't in your company five minutes before. And, and go back to the first Casino Battle Royal at last year's All Out. While he was in the company, Adam Page was unannounced going into it. But I feel di- right. I, I don't feel the same about that. I, I'm okay with somebody in the company who's not... Like, when, when you bring up, you know, Wardlow, that is kind of interesting to me, right? Like, yeah. that would be or kind like of... If, or if, like... If the Jericho match was the first match of the night and he loses, and then you put him in this to get right. a and seat I, back I would, or whatever. There's or other Orange reasons, Cassidy, whoever, right? Yeah. There's other yeah. reasons why I wouldn't necessarily want to be Jericho, but like, yes, I feel differently about it being somebody who's in the company that just isn't announced in the match ahead of time. Like that's not that big of a deal to me right. if they end up being the winner. I wouldn't. Is do... there anyone we're not thinking about who's been gone for a really long time in the company? Yeah, I can't think of anybody. Um, not off the top of my head, no. Pack? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, okay. I mean, well, it's it's he's still. I I feel like he still can't get in the country, but I yes, tell you what, would be. I would love to see Pack Moxley. That would be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, that would be wonderful. I'm not. I'm just not as high on Pack as everybody else is. Like, I I I'm not saying I look. If Pack Moxley would be great, right? I'm not. I'm not debating that. I just. I feel like you kind of. I, I thought they. I thought they really started to key in on something before uh, all this I went down. Too. Yeah, man. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. All right. Uh, next up. So this goes back to Brandon now, um, as we continue to make our picks for uh, All Out. I got so far into a, a wormhole on this one. Um, let's do the tag title match next: Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR. FTR has to win. I, I mean, I mean. I don't know why we're doing this if uh, I'll just say this should and will FTR. And if they don't, what did we do for the past month? I don't disagree. I mean, I don't, I don't 100%. Yep. Shouldn't will. I, I don't know why. I, you know what? You're gonna have to pick the next one first too, because that one was too easy. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll do the mimosa mayhem match. You can win by pinfall submission or throwing the opponent into a tank of mimosa. I mean, that better be how this fucking match ends. Yes. Like, why? I mean, my God. Why is, would they even is, leave pinfall and submission as yeah. options? Yeah. Uh, this is custom built for Orange Cassidy to get the big win because he doesn't have to pin him. Um, and I think that, of course, Chris Jericho wants to be soaked in this shit at the end of the day, night and doing his best uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon or whatever in the vat of... Uh, Mimosa. So that's the that's where this is going. Uh, should and will. I, uh, I agree with you. I I do. There is a part of me where like, if you're doing that, you better be prepared for like pushing forward with Orange Cassidy, if, which you could if MJF wins the title. And and absolutely you could. I I I, I do. I would just say this better if you're gonna have Orange Cassidy come out on top of this. It better not be that he just goes back to being some silly fun thing, um, which is fine for Orange Cassidy in general because Orange Cassidy's great. But this has been the best thing that you've been doing all summer. This has been 
the best reason I mean MGF MJF has been great too, but that thing was so fun. The, the the promo was so bad and missed so hard the first time <laughs> that I haven't been able to fully like he has been great since then, but I can't forget how fucking colossally stupid that was. Um, that that I, it's I struggled with it. This has been the best thing you've had going for you in the entirety of the summer. You can't have this be. Let's have Orange Cassidy win because, as Brandon, you point out, this absolutely makes the most sense to have Chris Jericho in a vat of, of Mosa afterwards. But then next week, Chris Jericho matters again and Orange Cassidy doesn't. Like, you can't. That's bad. That goes back to the Cody-MJF thing where, where MJF overcomes Cody only for Cody to matter, but MJF doesn't. Like, you can't do that shit. This is the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso, or that you have Johnny Gargano win the feud of feuds only to fucking suddenly be a bit player moving forward. Like, you can't do this shit in professional wrestling. So I'm with you, could and, or should and will, Orange Cassidy, but once you do that, if if you don't have plans for Orange Cassidy, I'll change my mind. What you should do is have Chris Jericho win the match. You should not have Orange Cassidy come out on top in this feud, only to have him just going back to being sort of a fun sideshow at that point. And that leads me to my pick, which is Chris Jericho is going to win the match, not because they're out on on Orange Cassidy right now, but simply because they're not ready to make that move right now, which is the next logical step. Like Orange Cassidy has to have a title match by the end of the year at worst if he comes out of this. Um, and I don't think they're ready for that right now. And and this is the other thing. I, and the the Orange thing Cassidy is, character, it's not a bad thing to lose. I, I, he can lose a silly right. match. I agree with you on this. I would I would disagree that it has to immediately be championship, right? Like, I would say... I, I mean, not immediately, but it ha- you have to be keep him on that... Relevant. He has to be a main event Correct. championship level right relevant. away. Relevant. Super relevant. I don't disagree yeah. with that. And, and if your argument is, if... And we'll get back. If MJF were to win then you don't have a great top heel for him to work with otherwise. I Like, I hear you. Yeah, um, and that's basically my argument. Sure. But I guess he could win and go after Brody Lee eventually. That that would be the other possibility. But He's got friends that can fight with his friends. That's true, too. I, yeah. so here's, here, and here, here's another thing. So, Aaron, I, I don't disagree necessarily that could go that way. And, and then the way you still do it is Jericho gets a pin or something somehow. He still takes takes it into the uh tank you know so yeah, that, that, that almost little... feels like that's continuing if you do it that way he's eating the mimosa i'm telling you that oh There's... 100 i i agree with you 100 yeah, i'm just saying it's... that if you do if you do the jericho wins but goes into the mimosa i mean wrestling logic says they have to have another match and i don't know if we're doing that i would i would is there a way is there an argument that jericho could win in the ring and then celebrate by diving into the tank and that or, oh, or, sure. or tripping like doing something a little I, bit I, different. I, yes. I disagree with tripping i disagree with that i think that just makes you look like a boo like tyson <laughs> comes out and knocks him into the oh the that would work. oh that would definitely work that would be an option that would be an option oh all right yeah, someone or, or just someone else in general some someone else is, could isn't Shaq talking about it yeah oh, there Jesus has been a lot Christ. of talk about that i don't i it's not but there's still the <laughs> nba playoffs are still going on i think that that's their priority um, all right, and then it brings us. We already know. So, Aaron, I'll start with you since you've already given yours away. AEW Championship. Moxley cannot use the paradigm shift. John Moxley versus MJF. 
it, it 100% should be MJF. This is his time. You've built it properly. You've even given Moxley the out here with not being able to use the paradigm shift. This should 100% be MJF. But man, am I scared it's going to be John Moxley because he's John yeah. Moxley. And so, and that's and that's where I am is like I'm way more confident that it should be MJF than that it will be MJF. Um, and I would even add a second layer to it. If if MJF beats John Moxley w- without him being able to use the paradigm shift, don't you have to keep this going? And yes. I'm okay with that. Okay. So here's- as long as MJF again, you know, wins again later. Like as long so- as MJF comes out on top, that's fine. You can have rematches. You can drag this out. This isn't played out yet. So here's another thing. Do we have clarity on what it means if he hits the paradigm shift? Shift. Have the, have they said that it's just a DQ or does he lose the belt if he uses the paradigm shift? Like, have they given the consequence? Because I don't feel like they have. They pro if, if they have, I've missed it, and that's an out. But that's a terrible out. Like, but what again, I'm saying is, if they say he loses the belt if he uses it. Right. Exactly. That's how I, you finish the match. <laughs> then you can give MJF the belt sure. and they can then they can still feud and then he can get a real win over him later. Yeah. But MJF is not the go over clean champion guy. Oh, well, no, at, at the very least Wardlow's getting heavily involved. Yeah, MJF should should be the slimiest of the slimy in and how he wins the title. Well, um, and 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 uh, the attorney too, right? Like they have I, Love that guy. Oh, he's great. Where, where in he's, the hell did they find he's this? He's a guy? lower indie guy. Like, yeah. He's not... But my point is, yeah, sure. There's lots of indie wrestlers. I believe this guy is a fucking scumbag lawyer. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I believe that he's like a public defender somewhere, or some like Better Call Saul lawyer at the corner of uh, wherever. So, not like a a great lawyer, but he, t- dude, he is unbelievably cast. Oh, like, he's, he's been tremendous. I don't disagree. He's been outstanding. Mark Sterling is it's a real he's 41 years old and he really has not had much That guy has future guests of jobbing out written all over him. Well, I trust me, I've already tried to <laughs> assure you that I haven't uh, ignored that whatsoever. Um yeah, there's just not a lot of significance. Like these are these are fairly middling indies that he's worked for during the course of his career. Um, but he's done. That no, guy done. cut like the promo of the quarantine. <laughs> no, he's been incredible. I mean, Nobody's great. arguing. He's been incredible. Uh, he worked with Tommy Dreamers. The event, uh, uh, th- oh no, that wasn't even his thing. That was some other place. God damn. There's just not a lot here. There's not a lot here on Mark Sterling's list of accomplishments. But he's been tremendous. There's no question. Um, look, I I will still say that they, they yes they should do MJF. I will say they will do John Moxley. I just yeah. I don't have that faith, man. I just don't have it. Uh Brandon. Yeah, I say I I know it's a cop out, but it's just, I'm just telling you how I feel. I say they should give it to MJF and they will. It's it's really 50-50. I think I think they could do either you thing. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't, I don't I think it's they a, will. Do a silly show. Make a pick. Okay. So I'll say they should give it to MJF, but Moxley will retain somehow. Right. I won't say he'll win. Oh, for Pete's sake. Here's, here's, the, here's the problem with this. If MJF gets screwed over because Moxley basically intentionally, self, intentionally gets himself DQ'd, MJF is the face, period. Yeah. 
There's no no real argument about that. No real argument whatsoever about that. By no, the way, but here's the thing. We've we said this before. When you screw over the guy that's screwing people over, that is not a heel move. And Moxley not, is not, not totally when you're doing that not, character. But not when you're doing it for your own personal gain. No, you're wrong that's about it. that. No, no, in this case is it is. Totally it's, 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 MJF is going to be screwed over. This this is the uh, in, Kevin Owens, okay. Sami Zayn in, in against what? Shane McMahon situation when when Shane kept screwing them what's, out of the title. What's your Eventually, it just became too much, and Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn is clearly in the right. If, but John if, Moxley is totally the character that can get away with. Hang that, on a second. Though. If your is if your context is him just using the paradigm shift anyway, like if that's your context for him getting over, that that I'm not on board with. He agreed. Like, he got what he wanted out of that deal. He got right. to beat up that dude. So now it's that he's just he's just being a dick at that point, right? Like, he's, ba- he's basically low blowing a guy in front of the ref. I mean, that, and getting there's, there's no argument for that being just something that you could do in the name of we don't like MJF. Like, you got what you wanted. You you got to kick this the, the crap out of the attorney the other night. Like you already got that. You've already gotten over. You're even now. If you just use the paradigm shift anyway, you're just a fucking heel. Like that's all you are. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that's what he would do. I'm just saying he'll re- he could retain in some way. I just don't know what other ways there would be, right? Like I mean, it, it's really hard ways. for a face to retain via DQ without making them look bad in the process. Or well, it's not like the, I'm. I'm not saying that he will get disqualified. I'm saying something could happen. All right. I mean, I, I maybe I just don't know what that is. All right. Um, I, I don't. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I. I just don't. I don't know. Something feels fishy about this. Because uh, you're making me pick it. That's why I'm saying. Otherwise, well, dude, I, I'm I not making. You're on the show. This is what we do. We do picks. <laughs> I'm not forcing. Well, you're saying you. what they will, what they will. No, normally we don't give them. Will do. Normally we don't give the other option. The only one that you get to pick is what they will do. Typically, <laughs> that's the only thing we normally pick. Like yeah. this is the fundamental part of the show, man. All right. Uh, speaking of which, how the uh, how the Rice Krispies coming along? Oh, I don't know. I didn't make them yet. I know. That's the point. <laughs> I've got to wait. I've got to wait till we're back in daycare, and then we can do stuff like that. Oh, for Pete's sake. What? If, why? Why does that matter? Because I I don't have the ability to do something like that right now. I I have no idea. We'll move on. We'll just move on. I have no idea what you're saying. I want to be completely alone with nobody around. I don't want my he's, wife. He's to in, be there. I was going to say he's embarrassed that his wife like, knows. What? <laughs> We're going to put it on social media when it happens. Like, well, she can find out after it's over. I don't want to stand there and have a conversation about it while I'm making it. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, Obviously, we had a pay-per-view this weekend. Roman Reigns, uh, as expected, is your champion now. I, Aaron is insisting that this is about something. I, I ran your idea up the flagpole with some people. Uh, one of whom I think I, I. I, I, two different people, one who is directly – I can't say anything because somebody's going to think I'm talking about AJ. I'm not talking about AJ. It has nothing to do with these things. I ran it up, up a, a more direct source and a more outside source. The more direct source said uh, that, that your theory would make a lot of sense if Roman Reigns was a face. Um, he said the fact that he's a heel makes it the difficult sell that this was about him trying to monopolize Fox – um, and, and get the most bang for your buck out of him specifically being the champion. 
Um, I was told by a less direct source that he was to understand that the timing of this was more about a personnel situation where they needed to have a few people around for, t- for a 10-day period. And so it was the ability for them to say to whoever it was, and he didn't know who it was, can you be around for 10 days at this particular time and not leave the area during the course of those 10 days? Um, that's, that's the, oh, look who's here. Um, that's the theory that I got. Whatever it is. So who's that person in the context that I wonder? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I got the sense that they knew, but they couldn't tell me. Um, I, I, Wait, can, I, I'm confused as to what that means, though. Basically, like, why is there? Why is SummerSlam and Payback back to back? Because they wanted somebody in that window. So oh. that that for some reason it was important that somebody, for whatever they were doing, they needed to have somebody who was willing to be in town for ten straight days. And the time wise, this was the only time that it was going to work. That like, and again, it's loose, it's flimsy, and I I wish I knew more about what they were trying to explain. But the understanding was that the timing of this and why they decided to do that way had everything had more to do with personnel than it did to have with some specific desire for Roman Reigns. As was brought up, I brought up your theory and they shot back, well, why couldn't Roman Reigns have just won the match at SummerSlam? Like, that's what I said. That doesn't really make any sense. And I said back, well, because there's this, you know, we're creating a scenario where you didn't know you had Roman Reigns until exactly two weeks earlier. And you had already, you know, set up a championship match, and the exact scenario was, why would WWE care what they had already done work for if they knew well, they had Roman true. Reigns? And right. that, and that part, I said, okay, you know, like yep, really much. hard to argue with that. Like you can't really make the argument that they had to do the Braun Strowman. Like if you knew you had Roman Reigns two weeks ahead of time, you could have just figured out a way to put Roman Reigns in that match. So, like your theory, I I get. And I'm, you know, maybe there's some element of it. I just, I don't think that there's a direct correlation between. Well, I guess we'll find payback out lash. if Roman Reigns isn't on SmackDown for three weeks. What do you mean? If he's the guy who's who need, was needing the ten day window. Right. Like, <sighs> like if 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 he's Brock Lesnar now, essentially. I didn't. I don't. You know, funny, Brandon. I didn't read it as somebody that was going to disappear for a while. I read it more like. We need to know that this person isn't going somewhere where they can get COVID. Um, that when, when all because they were going to be around Roman Reigns, like, and, and I don't know that it was Roman. That's the other weird part about this, right? Th- like, th- this could have been about Ray or Dominic or cur- like Keith that, Lee. The ex- for all we the know, existence of no, but the, but the, no, no, it can't because all those people have been on Raw, so we're outside of that ten days now. Well, Keith it Lee has well, no, someone Keith, who wasn't Keith on Lee, Raw. Keith Lee. Well, not outside the tent, because if you go from SummerSlam to or or NXT Takeover to Raw, that's in the ten days. Yeah, but he's going to be on the show every week. It, that doesn't. Yeah, it, I, it's it, weird. It, I, I agree. There's it has okay, to but be someone who's going to not be there. But no, and there's it, there's you can make the argument that Keith, like based on when Keith Lee showed up, um, was he? I'm trying to do the math. Was he on every NXT leading up to that? Yeah, I don't remember. I he guess was a he, champion. I guess, he was on I, every week. I know. I'm trying to think if they had done something taped one of those weeks. Well, it's hard to know, but he was on a segment every week. Right, but, but this was before NXT. Is NXT live again yet, or are they still taping NXT? I think they might still be taping NXT. It might not be live anymore. If, but if they tape, it's like the day of the show. It's like it's not. Like I don't think that that's. Part I don't. I think we know as a fact that that's not true for NXT. 
I think NXT in particular, they were doing two at once. I mean, this could be Paul Heyman for all we know. It could be a lot. Well, they like, could, but they didn't do it whenever the, the takeover week. Remember, it? they did say it was it was taped, but then takeover was live, right? Right, but that would make sense. That would still fall within the window. Like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm saying that somehow this was related to, and Paul Heyman would make a lot of sense, by the way, Aaron, because he yeah. didn't show up until the SmackDown the night before. So right. that uh, all I was done. He's working closely with Roman, right? That, he, you know, like all, all of those pieces. And it, and it could very well be that Paul Heyman's going to be on every week moving forward. It's just that they needed to find a window in which to say we need th- this is really it's imperative that you can't miss any of these shows. We need you for a certain stretch of time, and so without because, going other places, so that we don't have to test you again it, or whatever. Or, or and, and, and this could be and and if we're extrapolating, and this is completely throwing this out there if we're kind of looking at well roman might still be a little skittish they were trying to create a bubble for roman basically maybe maybe that's yeah. possible too again i can't i can't speak to any of these things this is from a source that's not a direct source this is a secondary source that told me they were to understand there was a personnel situation and the u- words 10 days were used so i can't i'm not I, i'm not staking my reputation on this yeah. i'm just saying that i was trying to run it up the flagpole um, I, I still don't feel coming out of it like it, any of this really made a whole lot of sense. It, the best argument you can make over what you've done is you did something strong with Keith Lee, but you can go right back to Randy Orton. That's the best argument that you can make for why the way they did it might have made some amount of sense. Is you, you, got, you, got, you got something, you know, thumbs up for Keith Lee, but it didn't derail Randy Orton in the process. You could say that. At the same time... Yep. It still doesn't justify Randy Orton not beating Drew McIntyre for the championship at SummerSlam. Like, you y- y- you still can't reconcile all of these things at once. Um, and did you need to have Keith Lee work with Randy Orton in order to have something strong for him to start his career? Not necessarily. So I I don't walk away from this like feeling as though I have a better understanding of why this was good or not good or whatever. I walk away from it sort of saying like. It wasn't an, uh, a complete disaster, I guess, and so fine, right? Like fine, you you did what you did, you you created, um, I, I guess, an element of surprise related to Roman Reigns. I I still don't know, man. I still don't know how I feel about all of this and, and doing a show a week later. It it feels mostly unnecessary to me. I agree, which, you know, which is why we're throwing at all these theories is because, honestly, none of the theories are even perfect. It's just it's so illogical that we have to try to make some sort of logic with it. Um, moving forward, we're going to do Orton McIntyre again. Uh, the only thing you can say is they better fucking get it right this time. Um, you better not be doing this again to screw it up once more. I, I don't do I have faith in that. Not really. I don't really have faith in that, but the hell is the point of doing this again if you're not going to get it right? I mean, unless it's trying, you know, you're now trying to turn Drew McIntyre into John Cena overcoming the odds. You've now created the ultimate overcoming the odds situation where, of course, they've downgraded it from a a life-threatening, career-threatening to a, a jaw fracture. Yeah, so they can't similar. even a lot, really a lot of people that much. A lot of people have nearly j- died from a jaw fracture. That's that's you know the life threatening injury. Um, so, but but like that would be the only 
other thing that I could, again, not that it would be good, but trying to get into their heads, what could they be doing? But again, if you do that, you don't turn it into a jawline fracture. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I can't come out of this with something that works for me. I can't do it. By the way, I did mean to tell you, like it's in that conversation I was having with the the source I was talking to when I said um, that uh, you know when when he brought up the WWE can just do whatever they want. Um, this person also brought up the uh, re- remember they're still not doing anything with Retribution or Raw Underground. They still just exist to exist. Right. Like the notion that any of this has to be justifiable. Like his point was like th- there there could still be an element of they just did it for no reason like it's it's not impossible they thought it was the easiest way to extend things whatever like that there really was no reason why this had to happen and they just did it anyway because they're doing things and i kind of threw that you know scenario out last week but he does yeah like we, we don't we try not to work because otherwise there's no point in doing a podcast because they're correct. just gonna do whatever they want every week correct. and but, we'll just react but, to it. i mean but we do also need to react to the fact that here we i mean like the, the retribution thing is leaning more towards the fears that so many people had to begin with like that there just doesn't appear to be a purpose at all there appears to be no reason that you're doing this well retribution is very clearly they have a union they can't work weekends it's very I mean, clearly it's, strictly it's, defined it's, that way which is why they're only on raw right it's now. insane and now they're only on not only are they only on raw they're only showing up for like a mid-card issue like they're not really yeah. they've gone from causing chaos to suddenly being really interested in a mid-card storyline um well, like it's really confusing that they that they went from beating up the biggest stars on SmackDown to no offense to Rey Mysterio, but to how they're treating Rey Mysterio or to who who did they beat up? Yeah, the it wasn't it wasn't even Rey Mysterio yeah. this week. It was a step, and, and again, it was a step below that. It was they. But was I mean, the week before it was Rey Mysterio and, and Dominic, right? And then. This week it was the Street Profits and Andrade and uh, Angel yeah. Garza got away, I guess. But yeah, Zelina, they beat her I, up too. Here's the thing, though: if they hadn't done the thing with Braun and Bray, you could say that they haven't encountered any main event type people the entire way. That's the outlier, the one they did with Braun and Bray. Everything else has been either we're doing stuff backstage, we're doing stuff at the very end of the show, or we're attacking mid. But it also, but it also wouldn't matter if it was indiscriminate. Like if 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 it right. was we're attacking everyone that works and constantly, multiple times the show. Correct. Like that's the point. The point is that's chaos. Showing up in the middle of a mid-card match on TV after you didn't bother to show up for pay-per-views, that's not chaos. That's just, that's just, it's irrelevant. That's what it is. And so it goes back, and everybody had these fears. And I said, look, at first, what they were doing was cool and did work for a counterculture group. But they're not proving that. They're, They're proving more the theory that so many of us had, which was that they had no idea what they were doing. And, and this, also, you have a show that's literally called Payback, and they're not on it. Right. I mean, but it's... That's, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it, it's a step beyond that. It's the, like, it, it's that you've gone from genuine, I don't know when these guys might, like, what this might happen to wild indifference. I don't give a shit if these guys show up or not. Why would I care? Why does anybody care? 
Why, why, like, the locker room? I don't think anyone does right now. I think we're at the point where retribution, no one cares about it anymore. You know, there wasn't a huge crowd that did. There were people who, some who found it interesting, some who were immediately skeptical of it. And we're now just, I think everyone's on the same page that whatever. But it goes back, and and I compare the exact same thing to Raw Underground, which is when you do these things, you've got to be working towards a purpose. It can't be, we'll figure that out a month down the road. Because this always works this way when you figure something out a month later. A month later, no one gives a shit anymore. I, I just, who cares? Like, who, who cares at this point what retribution is? If it goes away tomorrow, if it's... It wouldn't surprise me if it does. That we just decide it never happened. That we just all agree to pretend like it never happened. That, eh. would, anyone be, would anyone be surprised if that was the case? Not at all. Not at all. And that's, that's, that's the bad business. That's, that's where when people make the argument, there's a lot of things that, that WWE does that people say are bad where you're like, uh, it's just you don't like it. That's a different thing. That's bad. It's bad to try to pretend like something is something and then just to make it go away. That's, at, businesses that do that fail. Um, it, it doesn't happen just within professional wrestling. It happens all the time. This is a big deal. We swear it's a big deal. Believe us, it's a big deal. Be interested by it. And then tomorrow, it's not a thing anymore. Hey, whatever happened to that thing? And it reflects poorly on the business every time. It's a bad idea. Um, but, you know, and this is what somebody would say. But at this point, what's your argument against it? What's your argument? For, I don't know. I, I have no argument for retribution at the moment. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, I, I guess it, the one, the one, it was obviously Mia Yim the other night, right? It's... Yes. I mean, I'd like to have Mia I Yim. Mean, there, there, there have been several people we're pretty sure who. Uh, oh, but this one Marzella was like at one point. Like well, there, there were certain people but, that you can recognize. But like, she but that came, doesn't mean they're. That doesn't mean they're involved. I know, but like this right, one's really Mercedes, awkward because Mercedes Martinez was on Raw apparently. Right. But there's a big difference between we apparently like she came completely uncovered. Oh, yeah, she did. Night. Not completely. Like, we didn't see her face, but we saw the majority of her body backstage. Like, we... oh, okay. Well, the, the one week Vanessa Bourne was clearly shown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this is, there's not a whole lot you can do there. Also, the, the, the storyline that we're, we're just really driving home is that we care deeply about fucking Dee Dee from uh, the, the Sex Island or whatever the fuck. That, that... That's a weird oh, bit. God, what damn. is that? Like, what in the world is it? I saw it? a hilarious take on Twitter that was said that she was the head of retribution. <laughs> she might as well be. Like we, That would we, be as a, anything as interesting as anything they can reveal at this point. Well, but it's also like what we are going so in with this person. Are, is this person part of WWE now? Like, yeah, I, I, are, are they trying her out for a role? I, and it's fine if they are, but like what? What is well, this? She's been on. She's been on the show at least five times, and you have to keep oh, saying she's gotten more screen time than most wrestlers. Not most, but she's gotten more screen a time than junk. a lot of wrestlers. Well, and she, and nobody knows who she is, so you have to keep reintroducing her every time. And at some point, if she's going to be part of WWE, just stop. She's no longer yeah you know, Deborah from the Bash, Demi 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 whatever the fuck her name is. She's no longer that from the Bachelor. Just say her name. Make her a character on the show at some point. Like, you're continuing to act as though this is some guest star that, again, is by no means a star and, secondarily, is on the show more often than your biggest stars. Like, this is insane. What is this? Weird bit. It's very confusing. And who's it for? Like, who is this for? It's for for the crossover for the fans of the two shows. But who is that? I don't know. Here's, Here's the problem with that. 
Like, let's say you were going to make that argument, which is insane, right? I, I know that was a joke, but I'm just saying, let's say let, like your joke was serious and that we were really making that argument. This person isn't even significant on that show. Right. Like, no, she but didn't you, win but you, but you do get, keep, get to keep using the words The Bachelor every time you introduce her. Right, you but, do you, get, but you, you get what I'm saying, though? Like, it, like, someone who watches The Bachelor and Raw would be like, I don't even remember her because no, she was, I, I she was like I get it. L- lost in the middle of the season yeah, or whatever. Th- this isn't one of the bachelors or one of the bachelorettes. Right. I, She's I, a random contestant that like lost and goes on like Bachelor in Paradise or whatever. I, it's, it's really And weird. I only know that because I Googled her because I had no idea who she was. No, I did it too. And I'm like, what, what, what is this? Like, what is going like, at on? At least if you saw it and it was like she, you know, won The Bachelor last year and – she was a fan favorite. She, you know, she was a social person. media. What, what, what that whatever, would, what that would, would justify? Like, okay, I get why they're doing this. But that like, would justify this is so nothing. But that would also that most justify her being like a valet for one pay per view cycle. Yeah, two two weeks, two three weeks. Right, exactly. like well, yeah, at right. most. Even that would be crazy. But I'm just this saying, is this someone. This is someone who's not even that and is being extended out for months now. Like at some point, you've got to figure out what this is, and I like it makes you think. That they are apparently she's a big wrestling fan. She's super into wrestling, and maybe they do eye her as being like a future Renee Young. I don't, you know, Renee Young's an actual broadcaster, or even a future valet, right? Whatever it is. But at some point, stop making her Dee Dee from The Bachelor. Demi, Demi, what the fuck is her name? Demi. I don't know what her name is. I got. I don't it. know. She's ba- Bachelor chick. Desi, Desi from Road Rules. Stop making her Desi. Make her, you know, like the, an actual character on the show. And it's, I, it all goes back to, I just, I think the answer to all these questions Demi is... Demi Burnett. Demi Burnett. Okay, cool. Um, I think the answer to all these questions is they don't know either. They have no idea what they're doing. They just keep doing it week in and week out and, and, and hope that it falls into play some point. And it's, it's simply not. But, um, you know, it goes back to what we're saying every time. None of this matters because they're not treating like any of it matters. That's a fact. I, yeah, I can't pretend like something matters more than you're willing to tell me it does. If you don't think it matters, then I can't pretend like it does. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, any, anything else we need to – obviously NXT we need to get to, but anything else yeah, we Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, the Iconics breaking up. Oh, right. Thank you. Baffling. Baffling. So I've been reading that they've apparently been wanting to do a push with Peyton Royce. Yes, and that's clearly where they're going. I, but that's stupid. You don't need to break them up to do that. You don't need to. Um, not everybody's the new day. Not everybody, but these two enhance each other. I I have look. I don't know enough about what Peyton Royce is capable of doing on her own in order to be able to say something strongly about that. I do feel differently about it. I've made this point about the new day before. Like the point that you guys make about somebody pursuing something singles wise when you're a heel team, I completely agree with. I have disagreed with about the New Day specifically because their faces, it's, they're supposed to be likable because they care so much about each other that they don't value themselves over the other one. I don't know that you can do that with a heel. And I don't know that you can just have Billy Kay sort of like sit there and be her cheerleader as she pursues things. Sasha and Bailey, you can do the same thing. You have Peyton do it initially. You have you give Billy a reason to sit back but I, and then I, eventually you build it up so that I, the breakup matters. But I think they're giving you the answer. I, I mean, I, I think what it sounds like they're saying is that they just don't think Billy Kay is deserving of that. Um, 
and and we could argue and debate that. And if ultimately, like they're planning on doing something that big between Look, if Peyton Royce is a, Peyton Royce Peyton Royce is a singles champion within two months, fine. Otherwise, there's no I, reason. I don't to know do that this has right. to be within two there's months. Not. I don't. I mean, they, the, the idea that they're going to have any other champions that don't come from the triumphant of females they've decided to allow. Then why do you do stars. it now? Again, my answer, like the best scenario I could give you, and I'm not telling you I know anything, would be because you think Peyton Royce is something and you don't think Billy Kay is something. And and the truth is that that's the direction that you're moving. That this isn't, this has nothing to do with breaking the Iconics up as much as it has to do with getting rid of Billy Kay, essentially. Like, that that to me is what the what it smells like based on what the reporting has been, is that you just don't think Billy Kay, you think that, that you can move forward without her. And because of that, this is what you're doing. Now, do I do I think that's a good... I don't know enough. I don't know enough about what these two are capable of being on their own um, to be able to say anything about that. And what I guess I would say is, to your theory, Aaron, if ultimately Billy Kay is a singles performer and is relevant, then, yeah, this was a dumb way to go about doing it. No effing doubt. This was stupid. But it smells more like they just don't think that much of Billy Kay. And they don't mind just sort of casting her aside. That's just kind of what it smells like to me. It smells like to me the same way when they broke up the Dudley boys, when they broke up anybody, is that they have this vague idea of maybe someone is a single star, but they're going to realize very quickly it was a mistake. I mean, that might be the case. But uh, like, I, I, here's the one thing I will give them credit. They do need to find, they need to identify a larger group of female single stars. What I would say back is they've got them, they're just not using them. Like... They didn't need Peyton Royce. They didn't need to break up the Iconics to find it. They could have just, you know, found it in Dana Brooke, who they've never given a chance to and is awesome and could absolutely be a star. But Ruby Riot. Yep, 100%. Like that's But I, I do think I do agree with you about Peyton Royce though or about Billy Kay. It's it's more about they don't see much in her and they you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Royce just turns into another Dana Brooke or something. You know what I mean? Like, And that's the problem. If you're doing this just to right, make her Dana wait, Brooke, that's a problem. Right. What you're saying no, is the Iconics the Iconics together have real value. Another Dana Brooke has no real value. And, right, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. And, and, and I think if you remember back in NXT, um, they were the Iconics, but whenever they would wrestle people – there was a lot of matches that were Peyton Royce with Billy Kay on the outside. Which like is why lot. I don't know why you couldn't just do that. You you have Billy Kay get a kayfabe injury, and that's the reason she's not wrestling. Sure. I mean, I don't think any of us are saying they should have done this. I yeah. think we're trying to see in their head to see, okay, well, this is what you've shown us. So clearly, like, we're trying to get in their head and say, well, they think this because this is what they've shown us. Not that it's good no, or I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm not saying whatever. I agree with right. it, right. All right. Um, anything else? Raw or SmackDown? We do have to. We had to move on. Aaron, uh, well, do you well, want to we... address the Matt Riddle thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Um, that's beyond the pale. Like even for WWE, things WWE does doesn't shock me anymore. They do despicable things all the time. Turning the allegations into a storyline plot device is beyond the pale. Like that's terrible. Um, the only thing I, I like, there's, there's the only thing I could possibly say is, again, you better be super effing confident that even, even that. Then I you're just even, even if even you're confident. I think this is bad. not a, this is not a good. I, look. I wouldn't this, do. I wouldn't do it. I don't disagree with that. I wouldn't do it. Um, 
I mean, at, at, here's what the best thing. At best, you're saying that she's a crazy person and you're calling her out for being a crazy person, like on national TV. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. what were you saying? Is I'll, that, I'll tell you what the better. WWE spin would say. The WWE spin would say that he's that they're referencing him saying he cheated on his wife and nothing else, and, which I think is insane. And but that's stupid. definitely what they're going to say. Yeah, you're right. That is probably what they would say. And I, you know what's funny? Like, when I heard it, I heard it, but I didn't. That's really kind of the only way that I reacted to it, if I'm being completely honest. you got to remind me what the actual words were. Um, it said something about he will, you know, he'll disappoint you just like he disappointed his family or right. something like that. And or he's already shown that he's a disappointment to his family. That was a tweet that then the backstage interviewer read to Matt Riddle that then Michael Cole repeated twice. And then, <laughs> and and like, when I heard it, I think my initial reaction was more like a, oh my God, and then settled into like, oh, right, like, he said he cheated on his wife, I I guess I get it, right? Like, yeah. I, I sort of settled into that and wasn't nearly as shocked by it. If the argument is, yeah, but it's just unnecessary and nothing good comes from it, yep. Don't disagree with that at all. Not necessary. Do you know what my, Do you know what the worst part of the whole thing was? Like, think about the segment, or or think about the the segment and then the match or whatever. The worst part of the whole thing is that they said that they showed his reaction, and then the match happened the way it happened. Like he came out with his normal entrance and locked up with him like. It was a house show. It was it was irrelevant. Like he should have beat was, the shit out of him. You know, he should have attacked him before the bell. He should have, you know, like best friends. Yeah, he like should have been really the best friends match yeah, on AEW. Yeah, he should have been really pissed. I I hear you. I he still I came mean, out like laughing and like fist bumping the screens and flipping his shoes and like it just didn't I, impact him at all. Yeah, because even if you're here's the thing, even if you're saying that it's just the the you know he cheated on his wife thing. It's just another reminder. Oh yeah, he was accused of rape because the only way you know that he can say that he cheated on his wife is because that was his response to being accused of rape. I mean, and, and right, and and honestly, that's that was my biggest issue with it is why why like obviously Beyond the fact that it's mean past, and cruel and everything. Nobody yes. has signs saying fire Matt Riddle, right? So I think that you know. It seems like that has been litigated in the public space, whether it was whatever. And why bring it up again? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, we, we got to knock this out. Let's knock out um, the NXT thing. I, I am not offended by it. Um, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I never thought it made a lot of sense for them to so quickly crown a new champion, right? Like when, when yeah, things... Yeah, to me, I knew that this was happening. I don't want to say it, I knew, knew... Something was happening. I, I, and I disagree with no that. No way. I still don't know that it makes sense to do it next week, well, right? Like, Hold on a second, Brady. You said they you will. knew right away. What was your reaction on the text chain as soon as they announced it or as soon as you saw they announced it? What was your reaction on the text chain? That the match would be awesome. I, that I did... that you, you were like, oh my God, this could be one of the greatest matches ever. So sure. if that doesn't, that's mean, that doesn't show... mean someone's going to leave with the title. Well, I, I think mean, that I could totally see a match I, but like I, that but going I, into but I, Hang on a second. I do disagree. I don't think that we have ever, we would ever treat. How many non-finish matches do you think about as being great matches ever? You don't. And that's and that's that is the point. I do think that that's the point. That like to to Aaron when you introduce this and this theory, 
the notion that you could have this match with these four performers in this much time. You first really time do, match, first time you've ever right. done something like this. You really do start thinking, like, I might remember this forever. When you don't have a finish, that doesn't become the case. You just don't treat no finish matches that way. Um, is it the end well, of the world? I, I, I think that this was fine. I just think that it shouldn't have been next week. Instead, it should have been the entire show. You know, it should have been the first hour, and then they do the but the ne- the match directly after, and, and then but but then it sort okay. of it sort of gives it away though, right? Like if you lead if you lead a show, especially a show with no competition, with a right. one hour match for your yeah. championship, you're kind of giving away at that. A ma- but, what the f is supposed to close that show? Yeah, but, <laughs> but then you're and you're also tagging that on to well, that's overtime. That's part of the first match, so you do get eventually get the victor, and, well, and I, that's been the that was to me again. It, it wasn't offensive. Have, it wasn't you, the worst thing ever, but you built it up as you know. Oh my God, these are four of the greatest performers in this first time match. This this could be one of the greatest matches ever, and we didn't get that. And what I would have what I would have said is like if this was a week where you had con- and this is the, sort of the bizarre part about all of it, and maybe is is backed up by some reporting that like they're thinking about moving NXT to Tuesday night anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you've got this, why wouldn't you have saved this for a week in which you were up against AEW? Why? why? I, there's a lot that I don't understand. What? Why is it that that um, like what was on the USA Network last night? They, was it hockey? No, hockey. like hockey's so on NBC. Something hockey related. No, it's hockey's hockey pl- it's, it's not. Hockey hockey's on NBCSN. No, There's, it's also on USA. They were playing hockey. That's why they were preempted for hockey. I, I know what they said they were preempted for. Brandon, did you turn on USA Network last night? Hockey was on. You're telling me that. You're just telling me that. You're not actually saying, I know that. I know that that was what they're telling you was the reason why these shows were preempted. Next week, there's only one game on Wednesday night, and that game is on NBCSN. It's not on the USA Network. I don't understand what's going on. It was on last night, though. They had commercials for it. They literally had promos during no, they had Raw promos, for the hockey playoffs. They had promos for on Raw saying the hockey playoffs are airing on USA. It did not have a promo yes. saying this game is airing on Wednesday night. I'm telling you. You're saying it was fake? No, I'm saying that they right now are holding the USA Network in case one of the hockey games that has, that like for example. Oh, overtime? If, if the first game goes into three overtimes, they can start the second game on the USA Network, right? That that's that's their fear. Their fear is that we need a network, and if we've got Raw or NXT running, and the second game's supposed to start at nine thirty, I think the tech the, the faceoff time is nine forty five for the second game. That we would need to clear the WWE off, and we can't do that. I'll, so, I'll say this. I'm, I'm looking at the TV listings for yesterday. It does list Stanley Cup play. I know what it, I know it listed, but they, they, there was no game on USA Network last night. The games, you can go to the NHL's website. The games, they show what networks they're on. The games are on NBCSN. They're, they're moving Raw or NXT off the night out of the fear. Next week, there isn't that. Next week, they're into the conference finals. Yeah. There's it, only it's one. because I'm looking at the listings right now, and it lists something else on NBCSN. I, I, you know, I, I I didn't check the the network, so I don't know for sure. But like according to the TV listings, it was not on NBC. Oh no, I know it was. It was I know it was on NBS, NBCSN last night. It was one hundred. Okay. The games were on NBCSN last night. They're on NBCS again. NBCSN next Wednesday. Like next Wednesday, the game is on NBC Sports Network. So 
either, and like this is the theory, I don't know, and I meant to check, either they're just running them on both networks for the fun of it, like just for funsies, they're putting the games on both networks to, I don't know, try to manipulate ratings somehow, and I don't know how that well, would no, work. Well, I, no, I can tell you why they would do that. Because not everybody gets NBCSN. And, and somebody brought that up to me, but it's not. It's the, but this everybody is not, gets USA Network. It's part this of the is, basic package. But so this that's is, why they it's, would do that. NBCSN has, has almost overwhelmingly become part of the basic package because of hockey. Like the, the percentage of houses that you're talking about would be like 2%. That would be the difference somehow. Between, I mean, you're making that number up. I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I can tell I'm, you I, that. It, I know that. Considering I, its placement, I would be surprised by that. Like my my wife's parents don't get that channel. And they have like a hundred channels. I'm going to, I'm going to be stunned if that's true, but it would have to be in a really specific spot of the country. Like the hockey playoffs have made it so that they have to pick up the, they literally run the Stanley cup finals and NBCSN. They did that purposely. But the argument would be, we don't have to add that channel because we can just put it on USA. Uh, <laughs> actually, here's the funny thing. I, I just looked it up. It looks like almost exactly the same, 89% both ways. Yeah, it's, it's not. I'm telling you that your theory, like, they, they might still be doing it. They might, it's, it's possible that for some reason they're still running both games on both networks. It makes no sense. There's no well, logical they, they reason. They promote for that. it like they, they promote the NHL playoffs on USA. And on have, USA. Why would they do that if you had to go to a different channel to watch it? The, the first round. It doesn't say NM. Brandon, no, they, Brandon, I'm telling you Monday. There was I know there were. I saw the them. I'm very aware. And in the first round of the NHL playoffs, there were so many games that they had to put games specifically on the USA Network that only aired on USA and nowhere else. They're past that now. Next week on Wednesday night, there's only one game, and it's on NBCSN. And yet NXT is running on Tuesday night. Well, do they not know if there's more games yet? Because there, are there other no, series that still need to end? No. I'll say this again. I'm looking at TV listings. It's listed on USA again. I, You're right. It probably will be on NBCSN. I, but I right know now it it's on NBCSN. On they, all of the games in the conference finals are on NBCSN unless they're on the weekend, and then they're on NBC. That's the way they do their, their I, package. I know. I, there's something going on. And again, the understanding in talking to the person that I know from the TV business was that this was about the runover, that they didn't want to have a game, start at 7 o'clock, go on for five hours, and then where do you put the other game? Like, you could put it on CNBC or something like that, but they thought that the USA Network was better. But next week, that's not an issue. The conference, the, the semifinals end this weekend. You're into the conference finals next week, at which point you're only wanting running one game per night for purposeful reasons. You want to have a game on every night. So the Eastern Conference Finals will be on... Tuesday and the Western Conference Finals on Wednesday and then the Eastern Conference Finals on Thursday and the Western Conference Finals on, on Friday. So, again, either the scenario in which they're running on both networks would be that for some reason they're not doing that on Tuesday because there were games on Tuesday too. Why they would have picked Wednesday to specifically run the games on both networks makes no bloody sense and leans into the idea that's being floated around that the truth is that this is about them looking to move to Tuesday nights now moving forward. Because otherwise, none of this makes any damn sense. Well, right now, uh, on USA's website, they're promoting a hockey game on Wednesday. I understand that you're saying that. I get that. I'm telling you that next week, there's only one game per night, and the game's on NBCSN. So either they're just running it on both networks for funsies, or they've decided that for some reason, 
They were fearful of how... This is the more likely scenario. They didn't know when any of these series were going to end. And that when they looked at the playoff schedule to begin with, they blocked off a bunch of dates and just said, this could potentially... This round could... If everything goes seven games, if every series in every round goes the full amount of days, it could last this long. And if that's the case, we need to have that backup network available to us. Well, they know today. They know they don't need a game to run on USA next Wednesday. They know that. They've got NBCSN. It's available to them. They can run the game there. That's where they're going to run the game. But yet, for some reason, Wednesday, nothing changes between Tuesday and Wednesday. There's one game per night. Wednesday, they're not willing to have the game on USA. Or sorry, Wednesday they are. Tuesday they're not. Explain that. You can't other than just they were like the like you said, there is that logical explanation. Just once they made that change, they don't want to change it back. But how is that good for WWE? Oh, it's not good for WWE. But for I mean, let's be honest, we always kind of realized that that NXT deal was a little bit perilous because they've never told us anything about the deal when WWE loves to tout the numbers and, and the payment and everything to the shareholders, we still don't know what they're getting for NXT. So we always knew that USA kind of viewed NXT as a okay thing. Like so they, that's is, not a big property. It, for them. But it does go back to the theory of, did they decide, have they quietly decided that they have, that they're not going to win against AEW. And yeah. so they're just going to decide to do this on Tuesday night moving forward. Because again, if, if you were going to do this match of matches, why would you have done it on a on a night that again you can't toot, you're not going to say okay but uh, next week turn in on a different night and why wouldn't you have saved it for a night where you could beat your competition? Agreed. It smells more like their way of quietly setting things up moving forward to say we're going to be a Tuesday night show. That's it's not setting up certainly testing out seeing what at numbers least, they get. Correct. At least seeing what these numbers pop and then where you go from there. That's that's what it seems like. Um, now, there's going to be a match next week. I presume there's going to be a winner next week when you get to that match. There better be. I mean, I agree with that. There better be. Um, I, I don't, I, like, I think the answer is Finn, right? Like, the answer is Finn, isn't it? Like, you, you didn't do, I, and I know that the injury really put a wrench into all of their works, but, like, you don't have Cole lose his long reign to just put the belt back I, on Cole. I agree with that. Like, and I, I don't know what the thought is with him and where the Undisputed Era is, but I just feel like the answer has to be Finn Balor at this point. Like, Yeah, it has to be Finn. I would have preferred it to be Ciampa. Like, that's that's who I thought it should have been, but... I think it's Finn. Uh, we didn't talk. We didn't get to talk last week about the PWI thing. I, I am. I'm more and more convinced that that's that that is. I don't want to say rigged is the wrong word, but it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. Um, I, I, with yeah. all due respect, John Moxley is most certainly not the number one uh, professional wrestler. It, like he's he's barely a thought in his own company at the moment. Um, I know Somebody all- tried to say this was a kayfabe list. It is a kayfabe. It's one hundred. It's always been a kayfabe list. Oh, it's, so, it is one hundred percent. So a even kayfabe in list. kayfabe, this makes no sense. Right, well, and, that's, and, the and point. that's what I'd argue. Like this is one hundred percent a kayfabe right. list, but there are people who are champions longer. Well, what I would say, if John Moxley was, 
He's been Jericho was Jericho was champion longer than Moxley. It was champion longer than Moxley, and they he actually mattered when he was the champion. Uh, unless I just you know, if you really want to argue it and say, well, he was also U.S. champion in New Japan. He was you know kind of did the cross thing. Like you, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with Moxley in like the top five. Of course not. Oh no, absolutely. Also, also how did Chris Jericho five. go from not being on the list last year to number three? Uh, well, he wasn't on the list because he didn't wrestle enough. I believe it was last year. You have to wrestle I, a certain number I, of matches, which is why Brock isn't on there. I, Brock Lesnar right. is number 12. Right, Brock Lesnar wrestled a little more this year than he generally does because he had a couple Saudi Arabia did matches. Did Chris Jericho wrestled last year? Uh, in, in From the summer to summer? I think he might have. Uh, I don't I'd know. Be a little shocked. Yeah, I, I would be too, Brandon. I'm with you on that, but I, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back. Here's what look, I would say. But, I, I Noticing how much they're promoting it on AEW... Um, makes me think that this might have been some sort of arrangement. Hey, we'll let you have number one on the list if you make a big deal about it on the show. I this is all a little too it's a little like this is a little too weird for me that John Moxley ended up being number one on this list. Um deserving of being very high on the list. And again, it's an awkward spot because as do uh, you point out, I think the date, the cutoff date is supposed to be June, right? Yeah. So, like somebody might July, some, somewhere in the summer. somebody might say, let's just pretend the cutoff date is June. Who would that guy be in WWE? Okay, not everybody at once. Uh, yeah, right, I'm, I'm right. trying to think who who was the champ. I guess you could say the Fiend potentially. Um, you could say I'm trying to think who was. I mean, on they, Raw. they had they had Adam Cole number two on their list, and I would I would uh, that, that would have been perfectly fine. And by the well. way, with that qualification, Adam Cole was more deserving than John Moxley is. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole was far more important to his promotion than John Moxley was. Like if this had, um, if the date covered like when John Moxley showed up, and this had been a reflection of how, you know how, the, you know no no pun intended, the paradigm shift that yeah. came with John Moxley arriving um, in in AEW. Like I could have at least listened to that argument, right? But it didn't. And John Moxley, even as champion, was not. They didn't care. They, they it's like he didn't exist for a long time. So I would have argued based on that time frame, I, like today, if you said who's the top professional wrestler in the world, my answer would be, well, of, of, the, t- of the year, it's Randy Orton. Like, that's who it is. That's number one on the list is Randy Orton. Um, but he's not champion, so he can't Adam be. Cole. But, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I would make a stronger, is... a far stronger argument for Adam Cole. Yeah. Yeah, a far stronger. All right, anybody want to plug anything? Uh, just watch VEASAN. Uh, you can either watch it if you have Xfinity on the VEASAN app. You can go VEASAN.com and uh, check out all the stuff there. Um, of course, uh, at the AOster, at Brandon Linton. I'm going to kick those guys off, basically, because we're going to wrap the show by uh, taking a listen to Keith Elliott Greenberg. So I'm at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Is how you can find me on GlennClarkRadio.com. And we'll just, you know what? Uh, let's just go ahead and do the, the stuff to end the show here, and then we'll uh, listen to the interview to wrap things up. So... For uh, Brandon, for Aaron, for the main event. It's at AJ Francis 410, by the way. Uh, for the main event, Vent. 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 AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben. Jobbing out. Jobbing out. Here's Keith Elliott Greenberg. Well, we're really looking forward to this now here on Jobbing Out as we are joined by the author of the new book, Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. I am about halfway through it. I've gotten through the West Coast stuff. Um, I've really enjoyed the read. 
He's Keith Elliott Greenberg, and he's with us here on Jobbing Out. Keith, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to join us this week. And Glenn, thanks for inviting me. Um, can you take me through? I know you alluded in the book to being in New Orleans, and, and we were there, and of course, walking down the street, and everybody just packed in. Our uh, co-host, AJ, was chopping everyone, it felt like, on Bourbon Street during the course of the week. Um, and the story was you looked around and you said, boy, there's something happening here, and you felt compelled to write about it. Yeah, and that was an exciting time on Bourbon Street because if you recall, you know, the WWE wrestlers would pop up on Bourbon Street awesome. along with everybody else. I remember Matt Hardy deleting people as he was walking down the street. But <laughs> one thing I noticed was there was a prevalence of Bullet Club shirts. Yep. And the Bullet Club was not a WWE faction. So here all these people have come to New Orleans from all over the world for WWE, and they were there for WWE, but they were still fans of something else. And that was different than from what I'd ever seen. Even in the days of WCW, I did not see fans at WrestleMania walking around whatever arena it was in with WCW gear. And I thought, something's changed. And I spoke to my executive editor, Michael Holmes, about this afterwards. He had also been in New Orleans. He knows the same thing. And I thought the timing's right. Let's do a book about the indie wrestling revolution, which was still evolving at that Obviously. Point. And and we weren't yet at the point of AEW and anything like that. We're still watching this go over. And I think, to me, the, the, my favorite part of the book so far, Keith, is, and I feel like you maybe could have just done this, nothing other than this, is telling the bat-ass insane stories about various indies and insane promotions and literally 15-year-olds running things. And, I, I, like, we all have this unbelievable um, romanticism, affection for the indie revolution. And in, in some cases, we literally have no idea how bat-ass insane things really were that were going on in the process. Right, and I'm not sure if it's quite like that everywhere now. There, I'm sure that somewhere in the hinterlands there are promotions like that. I'm supposed to st talk to an indie promoter from Arkansas tomorrow who uh, owns a body shop down the block from his arena. So, you know, I'm sure he has some pretty marginal tales. Uh, and that's because I'm working on another book, which we'll get to later. Okay. Uh, but, you know, there is something beautiful and democratic about professional wrestling where anybody who harbors a dream of being involved in the business can somehow get themselves involved in my case it was getting involved as a writer when i was still still in my late teens and for some other people they start promoting matches sometimes with their friends or just like local yokels you know, in, in, in backyards. And um, that's that was their entree to the wrestling business. Some people leave. Yep. They get it out of their system. Others never leave. They stay in the industry forever. Keith, was there, was there something? I feel like so much of this must have been like you knew a lot of the stories, and so you knew they'd be worth sharing. But what was like a story that you came across that you had no idea about and, and it might have been maybe like your favorite in doing the research of, of how the indie revolution happens. Well, you know, it's a story 
a story I really enjoyed was told to me by Carrie Silken, who was the former yep. owner of Ring of Honor. Yep. And Ring of Honor, you know, was a pretty popular promotion from the onset. And Ring of Honor and TNA both came about in 2002 or so, right after WWE bought ECW and WCW. So there was this massive void that had to be filled. And um, Ring of Honor is picking up momentum. And then there's a, a, a very controversial scandal involving one of the owners. Yep. Um, one, of, one of the owners gets accused of some sexual improprieties. And he ends up divesting and Carrie Silken ends up owning the company. And Carrie decides he wants to get the company into New York City. They'd start out in Philly. They'd had some great shows in different in different parts of the world. They'd been in England by that point. And Kenta Kobashi, the you know great Japanese wrestler, is coming to the States and he is going to have a match with a young Samoa Joe. This is in 2005. And Samoa Joe is clearly a superstar of the future and he's already an indie superstar at that point. And they said, great, we'll do it in New York City. And they get a venue in Upper Manhattan above Harlem and then something goes wrong with the permits and now they don't have a building to do this match, which everyone's convinced will be a classic and really, you know, elevate Ring of Honor to another level. And um, they're scrambling and Prince Nana, who is a manager who not everyone knows about, he's, uh, you know, he's of Ghanaian ancestry and his gimmick was he plays a Ghanaian prince, an Ashanti prince who's plundered the riches from his country to buy, you know, to buy wrestlers to dominate Ring of Honor. And Prince Nana has a full time gig. He's in sales and he knows the New York real estate landscape. Mm -hmm. And so Prince Nana gets on the phone and starts cold calling people and finds the uh, the New Yorker Hotel, which has a ballroom, and the New Yorker Hotel is owned by the Reverend Sung Young Moon's Unification Church. And they're like, sure, you can have the show in our ballroom. And the, the, the New Yorker Hotel is a block from Madison Square Garden, as Carrie Silken puts it. We were literally in the shadow of Madison Square Garden. And they have this match Midtown Manhattan, people come in from Long Island, from Jersey, in every sub every subway in the in the city. And Ring of Honor gets this massive credibility because a manager who's a secondary figure in the promotion wild. you know, happens to have an outside job in sales. And 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 that and it's the stories in the book, and I don't want to give away another one, but it's it's sort of the opposite of a situation that played out in LA, which ended up being the precursor to one of the great indies in all of wrestling being uh, PWG. So it's, you know, well, it, I mean, I can, I can uh, allude to that yeah. story and I can say there was a promoter who I met years ago and he was a really nice guy, but he um, probably shouldn't have been a businessman. And he ended up um, falling behind in some payments and one of his shows was canceled, leaving a group of wrestlers and fans milling around the parking lot, wondering around what wondering what happened. And of those wrestlers, I think 
I can't remember the precise number, but a number of those wrestlers who were burned that night decided to band together and found PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, it's a really which cool story. is arguably the best indie that ever existed. It's a really, really cool story. Again, the book is Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. Keith Elliott Greenberg is with us here on Jabbing Out. Keith, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question to set up another question, if I could. And 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 there are a sure. couple of stories. And again, I, I haven't finished the book yet, but in reading it so far, there's a couple allusions to how this all came about. That this might not have happened at a time where there was a WWE, WWF, and a WCW. Right? That like you couldn't have had an indie revolution at the same time. There were a couple people that pointed out that there was dissatisfaction with the product in WWE, and that led to the indie revolution. So my question is, like, how is the indie revolution more about the quality of the product and of the performers that we were getting in various indies, or was it more about the opportunity for something like this to exist because there wasn't a clear second major company in professional wrestling and there was a dissatisfaction with the product that we were seeing from the biggest company. A little bit of both. And um, to be fair, ECW started when WCW and WWF existed. Yep. So, um, you know, you can't say this could not have occurred uh, during those days. But you had a confluence of uh, historical circumstances. I was a writer for WWE's magazines when uh, WWE purchased ECW and WCW. And I remember being very excited. I remember envisioning all these dream matches everybody wanted to see. And it didn't quite happen like that. It reminded me a bit of when Jim Crockett Jr. purchased the UWF from Bill Watts, which was a very um, exciting promotion based in Oklahoma. And essentially, once the UWF guys came in, they were putting over the established talent as if to show, see, we won the wrestling war. Um, and so, um, you know, the WCW, a couple of WCW guys like um, like Booker T mm -hmm. became stars. You had guys like the Dudleys, you know, who'd come from ECW, who certainly became stars. But I think there was some disappointment that these two other options were now gone. Yep. And in that void, you had promoters taking risks and trying to fill that need for fans who say, Mr. Luchadors from WCW, or just missed both the great technical matches as well as the unbridled chaos of ECW. And initially, the indies consisted of shows centered around somebody who'd usually been released by one of the big companies. What happened after a few years was that you had guys who had never worked for one of the big companies, but were fans of those companies and had dreamed about becoming professional wrestlers since they were tiny. And now they were taking all that creativity and all that athleticism and using the indies to become stars in their own right. So guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, you know, folks like that, uh, they, uh, they start, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, these guys started on the indies and they were just blowing the roof off of places. And suddenly you could draw fans 
who didn't care if you'd been in WWE or not. Yep. They cared if you were Kevin Owens, who was then Kevin Steen. That's what they wanted to see. Of course. A great Kevin Steen match. Yeah, absolutely. We, we obviously right here in Baltimore, we got a ton of them at the uh, Myers Pavilion or at um, Duburn's Arena from Ring of Honor over the years. As we were, and and, and we have great indies around this area too, and MCW and uh, Primal Conflict, things like that. Uh, Keith, I, I, I br- asked that question to sort of set up the next part, which is it's a terrible timing for there to be a book about the indie revolution. Because my my next question is: Is the indie revolution over? Like, does does the creation of AEW and the realization that like while there's all these performers that we love and we're so happy that they're on television and we get to see them more regularly the truth is they are a big company now and they have to answer to some of the same things that WWE has to answer to and you know I I don't care at all for Cody Rhodes character at the moment in AEW I think it's terrible um I, I think there are guys that are misused there the same way there are guys that are misused in WWE but they attracted so much of the talent, and obviously now com- compounded by there being the COVID factor that has, has forced most indies to not be able to run. It, is the indie revolution, is this period over now that we have AEW? I think it's a new chapter of this period. Okay. I do believe that uh, the indie revolution continues. Uh, I, my next book, is my, which is actually a sequel to this, is on pro wrestling during the age of COVID-19. <laughs> and um, I've been to a number of indie shows that have run outdoors during this period. And, you know, there's some, you know, GCW out of yep. New Jersey, yep. Game Changer Wrestling. That's Joey Janela's promotion that, you know, they did the Joey Janela's Spring Break every year. Uh, and, you know, they were going to have uh, 4,000 people packed into a building this past WrestleMania week. Um, Joey Janela still works those indies on the weekends. And, you know, there's guys like Calvin Tankman and there's guys like Alex Zane and Blake Christian, Ben Christian. Those guys are phenomenal. And um, those guys are still hungry and they're showing off who they are and they're begging to get noticed. And maybe the fact that it's a pandemic makes them work even a little bit harder. So I don't think the indie revolution is over, but certainly the emergence of AEW has changed the landscape and we've we've turned the page. And that is why I ended this book with the beginning of AEW, with yeah. the first AEW taping, uh, the first AEW broadcast. But now we're looking at the next chapter. Now, the truth of the matter is, I assume that the year 2020 would be the best year in a generation to be a wrestling fan. Uh, You had AEW and WWE. You had a real wrestling war. You had Ring of Honor, and they maintained the relationship with New Japan. You had New Japan making inroads in the United States. You know, and you, you, you had indies and indie performers getting exposure because of social media. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And so... How does that affect the landscape? How does it affect society? This is going to be one book where we can't look at one without the other. Every wrestling occurrence has to be taken in the uh, in the context of real world events. And in, even though wrestling is supposed to be escapism, there's only so much you can escape 
when you've had empty arena matches and you've had to have virtual fans. But I give WWE credit. Sure. The Thunderdome, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. exciting. It's cool. And at the very least, it's something to talk about. Yeah, and it's different, right? And after a little while, we it's were just different. looking for something different, right? And like, we, right. We, we still have no idea what Raw Underground even is, but at least it's in a different room and it's something different to look at. So we're sort of like, all right, we'll look at it because it's a little bit different right now. And that's our bar. Um, it, it, Keith, I'll go back to another thought. Like, um, the the quality of the talent and their ability to overcome. I, I I bring up the parallel that now AEW is a major company and they have to answer the cons and they have to answer to Turner and there's things they have to do. And at some point, they don't just get to be given credit for not being WWE anymore, right? Like for a little while, you can kind of carry that and count on ratings and you know th- there's people that want competition and want an alternative. So that but then at some point you're going to be judged on your own merit. Like you have to continue to have a good product. Are you confident that these performers, and I'll make a, a comparison. You brought up uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, such an incredible performer that he couldn't be screwed up, right? WWE tried to, and they couldn't screw him up because he's such an incredible performer. Are you confident in the level of performer in AEW that as they transition into being a big company and having so many people to answer to and having to do some things that are probably more WWE-like than they want to admit, that these performers are so good that they can't be screwed up in that process. Uh, no, because, you know, it's, it's the wrestling business and it's entertainment. And it's like if you look at a movie company, not every movie they put out is going to be a hit. Yeah. Or not every movie that they put out is going to appeal to that same core audience that maybe built up this film company. So you have guys like Sammy Guevara, who've emerged as stars. I interviewed Nyla Rose in the beginning of the year before COVID hit. Um, Really interesting personality. You have, you know, great female wrestlers from from Japan who are representing themselves. You have guys like uh, Private Party. You know, these guys are, you know, even... Even the way the former Luke Harper is now Brody Lee and, you know, this uh, criminal mastermind of the Dark Order, these guys are rising to the occasion. And you also have guys who are just part of the mix. Last night I was watching AEW Dark and I was thinking to myself, I don't know, I'm not digging all of this. But when I watch uh, Dynamite, I'm generally pretty compelled, and I don't turn away. I am compelled by everything except for Cody Rhodes, man. I wish I, I wish it wasn't the case. I just don't think the character is hit, man. I don't, I don't get it. Um, Keith, before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time. I know I'm running long a little bit. Um, you, I don't know. you reference in this book, the Sheik book, and we've heard a lot about it over the years. Why can we not ever see the Sheik book? Could that possibly change one day? That we might be able to I, read it. I, I, maybe when a, a Triple H and Stephanie's daughter is running the company, okay. perhaps yeah. uh, she'll look. She'll look at the manuscript which WWE still owns and say, "Ah, eh, you know, back then this stuff was shocking. Now it's kind of quaint." Right. I'll, I'll put it out. <laughs> right. But um, what happened with the Iron Sheik book? I actually wrote two versions of the Iron Sheik book. The first version that I wrote. For Simon and Schuster, um, the Sheik still was battling with drug problems. And um, the book went to WWE because it was a WWE imprint. 
And I remember having a talk with one of the lawyers there and say, he's saying, is there any way to sanitize this? Hmm. And I really couldn't. I felt it was the essence of who this guy was. And the lawyer said to me, well, it's not really a redeeming story if at the end of the book he's crying because his cable's being disconnected. And like, you know, time, they, they paid me. They paid the sheik. They paid us what we were owed. And the book got shelved. And then a few years later, but I stayed in touch with the sheik and his family. And then a few years later, I did an article for Playboy magazine on the sheik. And by then, the sheik was drug free. And WWE reached out again and they said, I think we could do this book now because now it's a redeeming story. And, um, you know, we changed a couple of things around. We by now he reconciled with his wife. He had a good relationship with his grandkids, but he was still the bombastic Iron Sheik sure. who would say um, politically inappropriate things and would uh, refer to wrestlers by slurs that I that, you know, there'd be a a speaking out movement against me if I repeated some of those slurs right now. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, but ECW Press was willing to publish it. And uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm within WWE. Advanced copies were sold. And then I was told somebody very high up in the company. I was assured it wasn't Vince, but it was somebody very high up said, how does this really help our brand? You know, stories about smuggling drugs over the border into Canada and doing drugs with other wrestlers and wrestlers, you know, doing all kinds of insidious things uh, to groupies. Does this really help WWE? Does this really help our industry? And they paid me again. So I got paid twice. And maybe one day uh, somebody will decide that the book can get out. But right now, no one's going to see it. But I think it speaks to, Keith, what you're talking about. What, what, what maybe there can be more of an understanding of is that somebody's interested in that. And and if it's your story, not somebody right th- th- that book would oh skyrocket right right and like if it's your book and and this is the, the the fine line between the story they're trying to tell and the PR side of things versus the general interest right like we saw that with say the uh, the Andre the Giant documentary that HBO did like where not everything is always going to be able to be whitewashed and sanitized it's not the way the world works and particularly not the way professional wrestling has worked over the years. But there's still a really compelling story to be told. And if it's your story, why wouldn't you want to be the one telling it? Like, that just doesn't make because I Because I was paid. I was commissioned oh, to do oh, the right. book. And I don't mean you. I, I meant the WWE. WWE. Right, right. So it's their story to disseminate, and, even though it is really Kashra Vaziri's story. And correct. that's the Iron Sheik's birth name. And, and that's and, what I meant, Keith, is, is why wouldn't if – if the WWE has it and the story exists – I just feel like at some point they should prioritize being the ones that have the ability to tell the story, you know, using you and your book versus this just, nah, nah, we'd rather not have a negative side of, uh, come on, man. Like, that's the way the world well, works. Well, it, it, it's like the way the LDS church will buy up historical documents, allegedly, that make um, Brigham Young and Joseph Smith. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, God, that's a heck of a comparison for a company like the WWE. Uh, Keith Greenberg, the book, again, is Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. Uh, we will also link up uh, on Amazon where you can go get it uh, on our Twitter account, at Jobbing Out Show. Uh, Keith, you're on Twitter, at Keith E. Greenberg, correct? I am, 
And I am, uh, I, if you type in Keith Elliott Greenberg on Instagram, you can find me and um, you can find me on Facebook as well. Very good. Keith, uh, the book is great. Can't wait to finish it up. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week, man. We'd love to do it again as you get more work in the, uh, the, the COVID book down the road. It's... Okay, that's great. I'm always happy to talk to you.